whatever you do, don't fall asleep. I'm scared to close my eyes. I'm scared to open them. It's the 1980s with the Literary License Podcast retrospective of 80s horror films with your co-hosts Joe Radazzo, Vicky Ray, John Wilson, and Keith Shago keeping everything tubular and rad. I'm not even going to swat that fly. I hope they are watching. They'll see. They'll see and they'll know. They'll say. She wouldn't even I'm your number one fan. Hello, welcome to the Trilicence Podcast in the 80s, where we discuss two films from the 80s. Our first film is Necromantic, a German film, and Basket Case, a 1982 American horror film. And before we get started, let's find out who's with us. We got Matthew Brockmeyer with, back with us. Hello, Matthew. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Always. And we got Vicki Ray with us. Hello, Vicki. What's left of me? Hello. John Craig and David won't be with us because they found one of the films a bit too much for them to discuss. Those we'll pussies. <laughs> started, let's find out what we've been up to, starting with you, Vicky. Why don't you share us your life in the past week? Mine or Matthew? You. Me. Oh, well, other than veterinary emergencies today, um, I finished watching uh, the Warhol Diaries last night, yeah. and it was really, really good. I'm glad you mentioned that because that gave me a whole different take on a whole other subculture that, you know, I really didn't. I knew existed, but I didn't know anything about. So, you know, it really it really was educational. And he really was just a regular dude inside. He just marketed himself, you know, and it, I just thought it was fascinating. I'm going to probably watch the last two again. I kind of was drifting off and on last night in between mm-hmm. sick dogs and whatnot. But that was really, it was really a fascinating documentary. I really, really enjoyed that one. I loved it as well. Yeah, I just didn't, like, I knew that, that whole subculture. Andy wild. Warhol by the factory as well, because everything's about Andy Warhol and Eddie Sedgwick and all that in the factory. Right. So this is like after that. So right. it's quite good to see all that because it's very rare that you know about any of that stuff. It yeah, a, I felt another felt, side of him. I didn't really, I didn't know he was like so sweet and sensitive, kind of. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I just thought he was standoffish, and you know, I mean, everybody thought he died of AIDS secretly, but he didn't. You know, it was during he was afraid of AIDS so badly yeah. he didn't really have any relationships. But that was, you know, I'm surprised a lot of us got out of college without AIDS because nobody cared what they were doing back then. You know, it was the late latter mm-hmm. mid 80s. You know, it was just crazy time for everybody. 
Yeah, it sucked because I grew up with like the like the seventies culture going on, but I was little. You know what I mean? I Everybody's like 70s. doing coke and having orgies and like it's like this crazy disco shit and stuff. And so when I get to be a teenager, I'm like, I'm fucking going to party, man. It's, it's like, yeah. and all of a sudden they're like, nope. Now if you have sex, you fucking die. And basically, yeah. pa- everything was over. I was like, great. Well, they just started talking about it a lot in my junior year of college. And it was and it was because, you know, I mean, it, everybody thought it was the gay cancer, you know, but it really wasn't. I mean, it was it, it, it go after it seemed to target gay men at that time, but anybody could get it. You know, oh, yeah. by being stupid one night, whether you're male or female sometimes, you know, because if somebody, you know, they say by exp- exponential sleeping partners, you sleep with one, you sleep with 20 kind of thing. And back then it was, you know, there was one airline stewardess who spread it. You know about that? They call him patient X. Oh, really? He was a gay playboy and he was, he was an airline stewardess. So he was flying all around the fucking world. Everywhere he went, he'd go out to nightclubs and pick people up. And there was a guy here in the Dallas area. I actually knew somebody who dated him, and he got put in jail for felony for spreading AIDS. Did he? Was he doing it on purpose? Did it on purpose? I don't think this guy was doing it on purpose. That's crazy. Yeah, and he's in jail. If I could find the video, I think he's still out there. My my friend did. I mean, you know, she told she dated him, so you know, it was kind of scary. I can top you because recently, as of uh, like six years ago, there was a male nurse working in old folks' homes who was HIV positive, and in the middle of the night, he was raping the Alzheimer's old people. I hope he's dead. Is someone shooting? Well, he spread AIDS throughout this old folks' home here in the UK. But before they could, they, they, of course, got when they found out about, it, they got fired. And before they could, um, fired he needs the electric before, chair. No, well, before before they could actually prosecute him, he died. So yeah, That's I mean, a, fr- a friend of a friend of mine's grandmother got it that way. That is insane. And because wow. it's gov- because it's government funded and it was a, it's a government agency, they're trying to cover it up and everything there at the same time. So, well, after that though, it was interesting. I watched a lot of documentaries about that time, <laughs> CBDs or whatever that that bar was, and where Deborah Harry and all them came oh, from. Yeah. It was just I love watching stuff from that particular time because things were so real. It's like everybody, oh, yeah. you know. I mean, I'm sorry, but I'm not into the Rihanna cult thing where she's got jelly beans and things all over her pregnant stomach i could have done that i just wore sweatpants you know mm-hmm. i honestly like musicians you know how to play instruments i guess i'm just kind of funny that way well then you but i'm surprised you like those cbgb's bands because they were pretty rough back in the day that was pretty rough yeah well no stuff. i didn't i mean not so much that i just liked the culture back then because yeah. remember new york city was just well it's dirty and nasty now again but it was dirty and nasty in a different way back then you know, it was, it was, it was nasty, but it was, now it's, it's just shit. But back then it was at least a subculture with the dirty and the nasty. So, you no, know, I mean, I also think that what you had before it became Disney fied, I'm going to call it Disney fied because it's Bette Midler's movement to clean it up. Wasn't it? She was part of the whole Disney. Well, Disney's <laughs> in the doo-doo right now. Anyway, about four or five of them got arrested with a pedo rating. Yeah, <laughs> so, but, um, but the thing is, is like, you know, it was, you know, I mean, it was gritty, but I mean, seventies was gritty anyway. I mean, look yeah. at the film stock and look at the films that we're making. Yeah. After yeah. that, it was just a different time. Before, after that, I mean, we we discovered a little bit with some of the eighties stuff that we're doing that 
when the 80s came along everything started getting a bit getting a polish to it if you notice like even the film stocks i mean take compare a few good men with serpico just the film quality and Mm -hmm. you know the godfather movies though but i mean you know compare godfather one and two against the filming of godfather three i like how you said the filming of the godfather three not the quality of godfather three yeah but i'm saying that i mean the 80s is very very um and that's when new york started getting the spit and polish on it basically like you right. know, it was like, let's make, we need, you know, but, but that's, when, you know, that's when the yuppies came in. I mean, the 70s was a depressed time. Everyone was, de- I mean, it was depressed. I mean, everyone talks about disco and how much fun it was, but it wasn't. Everyone was freaking poor. It was re- the huge, the biggest recession that we've ever hit. No, I mean, the energy crisis. I mean, we actually going back to the 70s. Is well, we are there now, but that's for another podcast. Did you guys <laughs> see the Times Square Killer documentary? Yes, I, I did. I did yeah, not know he existed. Happened. Oh yeah, uh, but I, um, heard I love before. the history of Times Square. It was it was so fascinating. They show mm-hmm. the entire history of it right up until 1980. And I didn't know. Uh, I was thinking Son of Sam and all that stuff that was out there. But then they had that that other son of the Sons of Sam. Have you watched that? Yeah, he yeah. did not act alone. That is some wild shit right, right that's, there. That's up in it's the dicey, air. but the theory's yeah. kind of good. There's a little bit of this to support it, not a whole lot, but it's 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 tempting. I mean, the good thing about economic recession and stuff like this is that art and films and stuff like that become better. Right. Yeah, I still avoid all of 2021. If there's a movie and it says 2021, nine times out of 10 on Netflix or Amazon Prime, I won't watch it. I just dislike 2021. There's just nothing good came out of 2021 film wise, independent film, maybe. But Hollywood, no, not so much. Not the mainstream. Well, I mean, most twenty twenty one was down anyway, so yeah. whatever they were making, probably, yeah, it'll be interesting. The I'm trying to think of something. That I like the Green Knight. The Green Knight was good. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know if I watched the Green Knight. I probably did. Don't remember. The Tammy Asher's Faye movie was excellent. I liked the Tammy Faye movie. Yes, I did. Oh, I still and, haven't watched that. I need to watch. Everybody that. hates on Tammy Faye, but I adored Tammy Faye. I loved her. <laughs> I'm not even really. I got I, my hat's off to Andrew Garfield. I mean, he's a fantastic actor. I hate, you know, I saw Spider Man, wasn't impressed. Right. And I saw Tammy Faye, Tick, Tick, Boom on Netflix is bloody brilliant. It was. It was excellent. Um, he's an excellent actor. And it's, well, I mean, he was good in the social network and things like that as right. well. But yeah, I mean, it's like my hat's off to him. I mean, oh, he did a fantastic job. Tammy Faye, what was the actress that did Tammy Faye? I can't remember. Okay. But she was really really spectacular i mean right down to the eyelashes and the mm. makeup and you know and how she's i mean she really wasn't a bad person you know well i mean got greedy, is, I, but from a gay point of view my hats go off to her because she was i mean of course in the 80s late 70s and 80s i mean ptl club my right. i was with uh i was living in tulsa my partner at the time brian his mom was ultra religious i mean we li- I, right. went, I went to university in tulsa oklahoma which is right. the buckle bible belt i, I mean, can't believe you know gay men in tulsa you must have kept a low <laughs> that was no i i never had a problem anywhere i went but then again i'm not the kind of person that screams you don't put it you're movie. not militant though like i'm not well i'm heterosexual you know, I, I, I found as far as being gay and i grew up in a very very small town that was not tolerant of that and i moved to a buckle the bible belt and then i lived in colorado so on and so forth 
And the thing is, I find I've never had a problem anywhere I want. But then again, I don't spend a lot of time talking about my sex life to people. I know. Who cares? Right? It's really nobody's yeah. business anyway. Well, if, right. if someone asks me a question, I'll answer it. But if you don't ask me the question, I'm, I'm not going to sit there. and I don't need to spread it. I mean, it, you know, I don't hide it, but I don't show off about it. Either. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I am who I am. And that's you all know. you I can do. That's all you well, can do. Well, being gay is like being male, like being American. My father's Native American. And it's all, it's, none of these things define me. They're all part no. of me. It's not what defines me. You know, I mean, it is I what agree. it is. So I, I never had a problem. But I, but going back to Brian's mother, um, you know, I remember going there like at night, you know, she'd be in her night, her nightclub with the house coat on, her hair all wrapped up in toilet paper because she had a big hairdo. And, you know, we go around her house we and we'd watch, we would watch the hotel club. And her mother and his mother, you know, thought that gay was an abomination and stuff like this. But Tammy, she Taylor, loved you. Let me guess. Everybody no, no, loves no, you. I, I don't, I don't know what she felt about me. She, I mean, she was fine. She fed me every once in a while, but, um, but I have to sit there and say, though, I remember going there and the PTL club was on 24 hours a day. And I remember one time they had an AIDS patient on there. And Tammy Faye was talking about how God loves gay people and people with AIDS. And it changed her opinion, which is, I mean, and be honest. for a Wait, show, wait, back that up because I wasn't aware of that. She did what? Tammy Faye Baker. And this is about, God, just got about 84, 84, 85. Right. It, was in the it had to be 86 or 87 because that's when it was really big because they had it on the new cable that finally came to college. So that's when I you discovered know, in, in Tulsa they had it. You know, in Tulsa they had it since 1980. I mean, the show was oh, okay. going okay. it's called the, the PTL Network. Right, and, I remember that. So this is about 84, 85, and I remember. Okay. Um, and I remember there that night. I don't know why we we're there, but Tammy, we're she's watching it. And I'm we're there, and I think Brian was off trying to scam money from his parents or something. But um, we were there, and I remember that she had an AIDS patient on there who was gay. And she was talk, and she was talking about how God loves gay people and people with right. AIDS, and that um, it's wrong for Christians to think that. And I remember, like her, his mom sitting there, and I remember the newspaper articles, like two weeks going. How she's for, she's not bashing. No, no. Okay, saying, that's all I was trying no, to get clear. No, she's saying because I'm like, what? Okay, them. but I remember it's just like this was this was quite forward thinking for oh, God, someone yeah. who's not a born-again Christian station at that time. No kidding. No kidding. I mean, I mean, Tulsa had a lot going for it. I remember when people used to come visit me, we used to take them to the Oral Roberts University. Yeah. And they would have the praying hands coming out. Yeah. <laughs> but they also would, they also have a museum there where basically you could like ride Noah's Ark. <laughs> no <laughs> shit. I didn't Ark. know that was up there. I wonder if it's still oh, there. It's I don't know if it's still there. I mean, this was the 80s time. It was great. I mean, it's a hypocrisy. Oh, fun. Okay. But Oklahoma I has you, the most. But Oklahoma I can't has the most about working for those people is that I had a I did a lot of jobs because I I paid myself to university so I worked a lot and one of my temp jobs that lasted a day was I had to go into this locked room they lock you into they pat you down they lock you into this room with cameras everywhere and you would open letters up and there are letters for people with sending money to a a famous. Um, christian person on radio to yeah. help get salvation and what they used to do is they put the, the money in a in a, like a tray a check in another check in another tray and right. the letters right. go into a garbage bag and i go what are you doing with these garbage bags oh so we'll pray over them later <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Well, we all knew that was going down, but a lot of these, we, we got, what's his face down here in Dallas? He's got a house the size of a football field. Jerry Hall, 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 um, Jerry Falwell? No, no, no. It begins with an O. Why can't I think of him right now? Anyway, mm-hmm. he's really an offensive individual driving by in his million Lamborghinis. Oklahoma has the le- most lenient marijuana laws in the entire world. Do they really? In the entire world. You just pay them like 5000 bucks. And you can have as much as you want, any amount, you can drive with it. Because in California, they're so strict. I can't, I have Why? a fully licensed California farm. California is strict with marijuana? Oh my God, it's ridiculous, dude. I have a fully licensed farm, right? I'm allowed to grow. I can't drive with my own pot. I can't trim my own pot. I have to like pack it up and have, and have a licensed driver come get it and take it to a licensed facility to be processed. I'm not allowed to even touch it. I can just grow it. It's crazy. That's weird. I it's, thought you were doing the whole thing. If you look at their laws, if you look at their laws to, to deal with meth and heroin, they're a lot laxer. Especially yeah. in San Francisco. Well, it's pouring over the border. I see it all the time. Like in my grief group, especially, you know, we have for our children that have passed away. And they're growing exponentially because they will not shut the fentanyl crisis down on the border. And I make I don't care who gets mad at me for saying it. It's wide open and people are dying. And that's a problem for me. But I mean, but, you know, you can't label everything as bad pot. He has a lot of, you know, but that people won't buy pot anymore in the state of Texas. You know, remember you go somebody get your dime or nickel bag. Can't do that no more. They're putting fentanyl in that, too. I heard that. It's fucking crazy. It's like they're deliberately trying to kill people. I get. Yeah. When two milligrams anymore, they're saying there's they 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 got not 38 pounds, 38 pounds of methamphetamine used to be a uh, like a big score. Now yeah. we're getting 4,000 pounds of methamphetamine. Holy shit. And they find it. You know, they'll do anything they can to get it over here. And I just wish people stopped. Why are they importing- We've got our own problems here we need to take care of. Let's just put it that way. Why are they importing it anyway? You don't need to import that. You can make that. You don't money. have to. No, we have the cartel <laughs> have running the, the border labs. now. The they cartel have huge labs in Mexico order. that don't get bust. It's easier to make it there. You know what I mean? It doesn't draw yeah. attention. They just run it over. And they've got the people. You wonder how these people are getting across with these mule, um, these uh, coyotes. They're filling water bottles full of um, uh, fentanyl. And they're walking it across. And there's there's and the, the border patrol is so busy babysitting everybody. They can't patrol the border. So we have the cartel shooting across the border now at everybody, the farmers, the ranchers, the police, you name it. It is a war zone down there. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I just wish they'd give us some, what do you call it, those tank missiles down here in Texas. We could use them over the Rio Grande. I don't know. When it, when it comes to drugs and all that sort of stuff, I never thought they should push, they should ever... I never thought they should be arresting the pushers and arresting the people who are selling it anyway. They should arrest the people who are using it, really. Because to be honest... Well, they're addicted, so they can't really help themselves now. Well, come on. Let's face it. When has anyone ever go, do you want to buy some drugs? No, if you want to do drugs, you have to know someone who knows someone who knows someone to start buying them. There's not You have to look for... If, you, if that's what you want to do... And it's fair. I mean, people can do whatever they want to. I'm not against that. I've tried everything, and I'm not against Well, if you want to do yeah, But I have to say that. that no one's ever pushed you into buying it. If anything that you've done, it's because you made that decision to use yourself. Well, it is self-inflicted. You, I will you, give I'm you sorry, that. But if you get in trouble for it, it's you're the person who's the problem. The, thing, the, is, the thing is, the thing is with this, is that, you know, like, <laughs> if someone had 
a narco or like a codeine Tylenol three kind of things like I have period cramps or you're sore. You never thought nothing to giving your friend one. Now, you know, if you get them randomly from other than prescription, you're going to kill somebody because they, they press them and ship well, them over in water the, bottles. It only takes yeah, two I'm milligrams afraid, to kill you. But I'm afraid that the USA, as far as your medical care is concerned, that your that your doctors and your hospitals get a kickback from drug companies to Not give anymore. you more. You can't get anything anymore. I'm I'm sitting there saying that the people that I know over there who are oh like yeah I agree with you friends they are on. I mean, one of my friends who lives all in the Florida, doctors get kickbacks once a year. Good. I have to go through her drugs with her and go. No, you don't need that. This one does this and this. And her G, your GPs and doctors are giving you guys all this kind of shit. You guys yeah. are all addicted. Instead of like dealing with the pain and getting yourself over it, you guys are all looking for a quick fix. Yeah. If you got back pain, I'm sorry, but yeah, it's fine to get an, um, a steroid injection. But if you're not doing fucking um, back strengthening exercises, that's never going to go away. You want a quick fix. You yeah, know, quick and, fixes don't work anymore. Everybody just needs to smoke pot. Yeah. And, smoke and pot, honest, be happy. I mean, so many people are, I mean, it's just like, I'm depressed and you guys are getting antidepressants left, right, and center. And it's just like, what the fuck? It's yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but the antidepressants are not going to solve your problem. Whatever's making you depressed is still going to be fucking there. No, I just, my hardcore stuff isn't for me. But at the same time, but I'm talking about as far as illegal drugs are concerned, if you want to take illegal drugs, fine, take them. That's your choice. You have that, you have a right to make that choice, but it's no one's fault but your own. You get to blame yourself. If there's a market out there, it's because people are buying it. If there was no market. Oh, yeah. There, yeah. If there wasn't a market, it wouldn't be there. But, you know, once I guess it's like chasing so, so your people tail. Are, so people are dying from it. That's their choice. That's their yeah. Kind of. Kind of. I mean, but I don't know. The way they pushed the Oxycontin. They found 30 pounds of it in crazy. a middle school. The I'm they, sorry. They legally pushed Oxycontin on everybody. Yeah. They, they used knew to. that the doctors were given. You could just roll up and... and they had they had doctors that were at three o'clock in the morning open writing out scripts. You just walk in there. Oh, and be God, like, in Miami, oh, no, I stub my toe, and they're like, "Here's some oxycodone." Yeah. yeah, I know. And look at Ridlin. We still don't know. I mean, we still don't know what. I mean, if you look at um, America, has the highest um, autistic rate as far as children are concerned, and they seem to be the kids who from the eighties and nineties are now having children. So maybe, and and that was a high definite, that was a high volume of children who were on Ritalin. So who knows? Were they giving out Ritalin in the 80s? Yes. I don't remember that. I don't remember anybody being ADHD. We were always drinking beer and having They just called it hyperactive. They didn't didn't call it ADHD. Hyperactive. Hyperactive. You're right. They called it hyperactive. I called it daydreaming. I I think it was being a kid, but they wanted to drink you for everything. You were in your 20s in the 80s anyway, so you you weren't an ADHD person or a Ridden person. This was happening while you were going to college. This is what was happening in preschools and and, um, elementary schools. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And now these people are now having kids nowadays, and all and all the you know, there's this huge autism thing in America now. So it is. It is. You're right. That that really is interesting. Thinking about connecting the dots a little bit, I never thought of that. You know, but I mean, but I mean, they're. I mean, people sit there and they, you know, they don't. You know, they seem to now medicate. You you medicate it's like you have a symptom here's a, here's medication go away but, but there's no aftercare and there's no reason to solve what that what's making the problem right you know, not you know I guess like that brings us a- back to Studio Fifty Four and how we got off on this tangent I don't know but it's interesting though a little side side note because you know 
everything affects us all eventually. Shit run downhill. Yeah. I mean, drugs, I mean, drugs are always going to be there. They are what they are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just, I just don't, it it just seems like these, well, China's support, supplying the, uh, the, the chemicals. That's the scary part. It's almost like everybody's trying to kill us. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's bad enough having addicted people and this and that. But now, I mean, people are just dropping. They were dropping like flies back east, Keith, from that that new black tar heroin a couple of years back. And it's like, no, I've black never- tar is the weak stuff. Yeah, but I don't know. They got this other shit now, you know. And oh, just I don't like. What was the other? Before the they other inject themselves, they don't even know what dust. it is. Remember angel dust? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. PCP. Yeah. Look at him! Yeah, <laughs> he's got a big sparkling gleam to his eye. Yeah, I remember. It. <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, it's just. I mean, the, the thing is, the dr- the thing about the drug thing is, is that it goes through cycles, and it does. Looking, and people are looking for the next thing, and and, yeah. and it goes through stronger. I mean, I just hate game. watching all these young kids doing something stupid, and it's not the addicts; they're the stupid jock kids that take something for a painkiller because they can't run that day. So somebody gives them something. And it happens to be laced with that. It's not what it's supposedly. And well, that's how people die. Yeah, but that's things what's have going always, on. I mean, drugs have always been laced. I mean, I remember a time that they were lacing. Not like this, with, Not like this, though. Definitely not. It's definitely, definitely that's not like this. You do a line of Coke and fucking keel right over, dude. Put well, the fentanyl. It's fucked up. Yeah, like, they put it in I don't everything. party anymore. And I'm like, fentanyl. I'm glad. Like, I, I look out there and I'm like, it must suck. It would be like, yeah. just to go to the bar. You know, sometimes you want to do a line of Coke to wake up, you know? Yeah. You can't do that. You can't well, do that anymore. Why would anyone get pure coke anyway? It's cut with so much shit anyway. Baby teething powder and so on. Baby, and baby and laxative. Just, Snort just, and go. <laughs> but, you know, but I'm saying that, you know, I'm saying that, that unfortunately it's, you know, that's the way it's always going to be. It's not going to get any better. There's always going to be, there's always going to be a need out there. At the moment, the, gay, in, the gays in this, con- in this country, the biggest thing is chem sex. What's that? They're all, they're, they're chem against- sex. I remember I got a phone call from someone before and I basically had, um, they were having some kind of sex party and they, and um, they asked in the next, the morning, they go, can you come over? I go, listen, that's not my thing. He goes, no, can you come over? You need to sort this out. I came over and the thing is they were all injecting it, but they didn't know how to inject. So they, they're all, they're all infected. Stick it into the fatty feeling of their arm and stuff. I'm saying that all their, all their injection sites were infected. And so basically I had to go, I went, I basically went to the chemist, wrote out a bunch of anti, um, Biotics. a bunch of drugs that actually sorted out to add it, take some aspirin solution. And, you know, I cleaned all their wounds and stuff like this. I injected them, um, in the arm to, and, you know, then what were they the, injecting? They were injecting, um, meth. Right. Oh God! I guess I, I just yeah. have no what, use for what, that the, what they're doing is they're doing a cocktail now. They do meth. They either shoot it, smoke it, or bump it. Bump is when you shoot it up your rectum. And yeah, that, I've heard it, about that one. They were doing that with X back yeah, in the meanwhile. 80s. They're taking yeah, GBH, we, which is also a thingy. That's you know the thing is GBH is very dangerous. I mean, have you ever seen GBH on a, on plastic? It basically eats through plastic, and you know they're doing that. But another thing is very. It's very easy to OD on it because you have to th- make the right amount for however your way is. So yeah, I did it one time and made me shit fire. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it, that'll like, do it. And that's a big thing here. That's a huge thing is here. Huge. I, I mean, some people do. I mean, I just, if you're dating, if you're dating anyone that and you're going to go meet life. someone for a date or anything like that, you, it's, you have to ask now what they're into. It's a dangerous time for drug dealers. Drug users. 
It wouldn't be so bad, Keith, but what we're trying to say is they put it in everything now. I mean, literally everything. In weed. I didn't believe that forever. I was like, that's bullshit. There is no fentanyl in weed. I was like, no one is doing that. And then I got proven wrong. It is. Because they'll test the weed. I have a dispensary in Arizona. Fucking fentanyl on it. It's just like, it just seems like, why? I just... I, well, I buy mine from the doing it. It's probably doing a higher market sale and it's making people go, oh, this is a new kind of high. I want to do this. Yeah, it's a new kind of dead is what it is. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not doubting that it's not happening. I'm just saying that. Times have changed. Definitely times uh, have changed. Yeah, I miss the same time. If you're going to do that stuff, you know, I don't have any pros or cons about it. I mean, I've done all that stuff. I mean, I've done stuff and like, well, yeah, we've not, all done stuff, but I'm a fentanyl I'm not, tester. I'm not, I'm if you're going to party, get a tester that tests for fentanyl, test your yeah. drugs. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're going to give out free crack pipes, give out free tests to, to, you know, to test the. Yeah, but, shit. you know, the thing is, I always found, you know, the thing is, I always, you know, I taught myself that basically if you're going to buy whatever, buy it from someone that, buy it from someone you trust and know. Don't keep going to strangers to buy oh, shit. Oh, God, yeah. You know, you go to the person that you know and who sells, and they're, you know, and that's, you know, and that's you should the see downtown you Pittsburgh to. right now. You, get, that, you find a person that you trust, you don't buy it off God knows. Just I mean, like I've never all bought, of our I been to a nightclub and bought anything off anyone in a nightclub. I'm not that fucking stupid. You know, yeah, I bought weed. I bought tons of shit from people in nightclubs. <laughs> well, I've never. <laughs> I've gotten shit off people in nightclubs, but the last time I did that was 12 years ago. And I have since matured. I am a different yeah, I don't now. Know. I've bought drugs everywhere on the street, in the projects. Yeah. I oh. never have. I've always bought it from someone I knew. And, and and because of that, I always got like a really good price. And because maybe, you know, they're kind of like a, kind of like a friend. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I gotta go see my friend. Well, you know, on a friendly basis. I mean, the thing is, is like, you know, when I used to buy the person I used to buy from, you know, if he needed a letter or needed help, get, making sure he got his dole or welfare checks on me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of like you know, you build you build a rapport with you know. It's like going to the corner shop. After a while, I know you, you build a rapport. <laughs> wow! Yeah. So our well, guy. Okay. Well, there's that. Yeah. We are just a. Don't buy drugs from people you don't know. People. Bottom line. <laughs> yeah. If I you're in it to win it. Nice. So. I mean, this is like. Because you don't know. I mean, you, but you, again, you never know. I mean, I, I have to say that if I did buy them from people I haven't known or trusted or did them with someone who had them there, which I have done in the past, I mean, you know, it is a catch-52 situation. I mean, you are, you know, you're setting yourself up, aren't you? So, yeah, and I've yeah. been lucky, you know. I've been pretty lucky. I can yeah. honestly say that. You know, I mean, I and said before, when you're talking about AIDS, I'm lucky. I mean, I don't know how many times that I woke up next to someone going, excuse me, who are you? I mean, I've got <laughs> a lot of them in my, high school, in my senior year, not my, from high school to these um, university years. Those were the crazy days, especially people like us that were in high school and college in the 80s. Double I'm bonus. surprised I made it to 57. <laughs> I thought I'd be dead by now, really. But hey, I know. Uh, I always want everybody is dropping like flies, Keith. We're still kicking it. Yeah. You know, surprising. Obviously, there must be things like guardian angels because I don't know. I don't know. I believe there are sometimes. When I look at back at some of the shit I've done, I'm surprised I'm here. I mean, riding on top of cars, going down 80 miles per hour down an express <laughs> in Tulsa, <laughs> hanging on the outside of the car. It's like, hey. <laughs> this is fun. 
Brain oh, jumping. I remember you used to drive drunk. I mean. <laughs> well, they didn't really bother you back in the 80s so much. It was in the 90s they started getting really kind of funky with the drinking and driving. I don't think yeah. I don't know anybody that hasn't had at least one Dewey at this point. Me, I've never had one. I'm like really strict about that shit. I just had, I've had so seen so much tragedy with it and stuff. Oh, I. And uh, luckily, my wife is like really cool and she will always be a designated driver for me. So I'm really lucky like that. Well, I I don't don't drink. drink. I actually black out when I drink. My brain swells and I have one drink and I just black out. I'm still moving around. Apparently, I'm a a blast to be around, but I have no. I don't don't like to drink like I used to. And there are plenty of times that I've driven. I mean, before I figured out that I had a problem. I had an um, allergic allergic reaction to it, but um, yeah, I mean, I was going out to bars and I was coming home, and I, I mean, my car be in the driveway, and I don't know how I got there. I mean, it must—I know it must have been me, but that's quite scary when you think back about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could have hit people and kept going. So many people have died. So many. <laughs> I'm just glad we live to tell the tale. We're here, uh, but other than that, that little side, that little segue we took, I haven't been doing a whole lot. What about yourself, Matthew? What have you been up to? Oh, uh, writing, reading. Um, I watched Andy Warhol Diaries too. I loved it. I'm, I'm really excited to go see X. I'm going to go see that as soon as this is done. Yeah, mm-hmm. that looks really fun. Uh, oh, yeah, that's on my list to see stuff. I don't, it hasn't opened here yet, so I think it's open today. Today, yeah. yeah. I haven't. I haven't even seen the trailers for it. I'm going to have to look that up. I'm not watching the trailers. Oh, you're <laughs> not going to watch I see a really good, especially A24. I love A24 movies. And when, like, I see one come out and I hear, like, a little bit about it, I'm like, that's it. Don't, don't watch, show me the trailer. Don't show me anything. I'm, I'll be first in line at the movie theater. Who directed X? Do we know? Do you it's know? It's not Ty West, is it? I think it is. I like I like Ty West films. I'm I'm a big fan of Ty West. I love House of the Devil and I like The Innkeeper. Yeah, and... horror slash slash your flick. It says Ty West. Yes, it is Ty West. I like Ty West. I like he gives that he gives that nod to the seventies. I like yeah. that nod that he kind of gives. He has, and I like he does slow slow burns. Yeah, like very slow burn and some stuff. Yeah. yeah, but I quite like that. I like something that builds up. Oh Me yeah, too. It's, it's here. Like a lost art. As long as it goes somewhere. <laughs> I'm talking about it's like slow builds and the end of the film's like this didn't go anywhere but but no I like Ty West clever exuberant throwback to a less innocent time which I think was a less innocent time naughty disreputable it's naughty and disreputable oh you got me there I okay. find it does that mean there's full frontal time, or something it's about a, they're making a porno movie oh is that what it's about yeah that's why it's called X okay well I didn't know that because I haven't even seen the trailers I just saw that so I saw it, caught it out of the side side eye the other day ago, and it does look good. Is it Grindhouse too? I, I don't. It sounds Grindhouse, doesn't it? Yeah. I wish I would have watched the Grindhouse version of Necromantic, though, <laughs> instead of the full throttle Necromantic. Mm. What about you, Keith? What have you been doing other than not doing drugs anymore, or driving drunk? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. My my life's been quite even keel for the last. 30 years, 30, almost 40 years now. Except um, when you come to New York and you're right down the street from where my mother lives. Well, yeah. <laughs> well when I, you know, I do part, I do party <laughs> in my nieces and nephews. I get high with them. So I was whatever. a mess for three days because you got I got to be the cool uncle. I mean, I, I don't mind. You were the cool uncle. You are. Oh my yeah. God. How funny. 
you know, I mean, I, I, I got hot when I used to take when I used to smoke marijuana. I was from the age of thirteen to thirty-three. I did it every single day of my life. So, you know, and I graduated with two PhDs and I got on with life. And then when I decided to quit, I quit. There's no problem, sort of thing. I quit only because I just realized that I spent a lot of time watching TV and doing nothing. Yeah. So, you know, I just wasn't very, you know, but I was able to get up for work every day and stuff like this, which I did. So, but um. But yeah, for me, um, we have a new thing called Sky Go at the moment. And basically, it's our satellite service now that basically it's now goes through the Wi-Fi system. So to join the service. So it's like just having a smart TV with all the apps, basically. It's with all the apps, but they give you the TV. And the TV comes with it. So I... Um, they it looked like a nice TV. You sent me a picture. It's a 56-inch TV. And I didn't realize how big that was going to be. Pretty big. I, mean, I, there wa- I mean, I watched Nightmare Alley, the Del Toro film yesterday, and it looks fantastic. I haven't <laughs> seen that in so long. That's such a good suggestion. Yeah, it's good. It's on Disney Plus now. So I yeah. loved it. I saw it in the theater. I, yeah, I really liked it. It wasn't what I was expecting, but I liked it sort of thing. Because I was expecting something. I guess I w- with Del Toro, I was always expecting something a slightly supernatural or something. Yeah. Well, it's based on another film. It's exactly like it. And a book. And it's a famous book, too. Yeah. I like the original. The original's worth a watch, too. It's a mm. classic film noir. It's great. I'll, I'll give that a shot, actually, because I, lo- I love the film. I love, you know, the, the acting is fantastic. Kate Blanchett. I mean, anytime you put Kate Blanchett in anything, you're going to get a fantastic. Yeah. Bradley Cooper is good. And, Willem Dafoe. You know, He's so good. Tony Collette again. William Defoe. I just can't. So I, I, I love William Defoe, but after I watched The Lighthouse, I cannot get that out of my <laughs> mind. It's just stuck there now. What a weird movie. I love that film. The Lighthouse. I found yeah. some memes to post about the other day. I go, you found well, the lobster, are you? <laughs> <laughs> William Defoe is kind of strange case because we got strange William Defoe, don't we? In Streets of Fire, like his first film, right? And then we can get, even Keo William Dafoe, but then something happened after Spider Man. It's like now he's like crazy William Dafoe and everything he does now. Crazy Dafoe. Well, you had Platoon, Natural Born Killers. Kind of that shit. I love that him. shit. What yeah. one? Like, tell me you want me to fuck you. Come on. Natural Born Killers. Not Natural Born Killers. Oh, no. Was it? No, 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 no. Fucking David Lynch. Uh, Wild at Heart. Okay. Wild at Heart. Natural yeah. Born Killers is awesome too, though. He's not in that. Yeah. I always Wild at Heart. Yeah. Wild at Heart. Do we did those a couple years back, did we? No, we haven't done any. We haven't done David Lynch. We did. He's my favorite, man. I love him. I like David Lynch as well. So do I. My favorite. What I like about David Lynch is he watches films, and then when you get it, it's excellent. But it does leave you. You have to think about it. Though. That's the thing about David Lynch. You have to, like Mulholland Drive. What's it? I dream? love that film. Yeah, but he's. It's a dream. It's a dream logic sequence. Yeah. yeah. It's just like and once it you get it, sense. it's like whoa! I got it. It's like and you feel so proud of yourself. <laughs> I love that. Like, yay. I'm still trying to find the hidden secrets of Necromantic. I can't find one video on YouTube that can tell me what the hell this was about. <laughs> William, William, Defoe, William Defoe, I mean, the thing is, he appears in weird things. I remember, like, watching Crybaby, the John Waters film. Was he in John, that movie with Johnny Depp? Crybaby? Yeah, Crybaby, yeah. He's I don't the, remember uh, him being in that. I don't remember him in there either. Uh, I love that movie. Guard. When they throw Crybaby into prison. Oh, okay. Okay, but I have to go, I have to go back and look. Yeah. I have watched so many been, movies. I'm just addled. But William Defoe, I mean, lately, I mean, he does a lot of strange shit. I mean, look at that Lars Van Tier film he did. You know, Antichrist. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a movie. I haven't seen it yet. What's it called? Oh, you'll like it, Vicky. <laughs> there's it a called? scene in there that's gonna. There's a scissor scene in there. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Scissor it's scene. Pretty oh, no. It has <laughs> to do with eyeballs. I bet. No, not eyeballs. <laughs> What's it Something called? Talking foxes are in there, though. <laughs> yeah. What's it called? Antichrist. Antichrist. William Defoe. Okay, I'm on a mission. Lars von Tears. He's he's a genius. So. I haven't seen it yet. And then you got the lighthouse, and then you got you know, this film. I mean, this the film lighthouse. Is, I still can't out. figure out the lighthouse. I I don't get it. I it's kind the myth of get of Prometheus. it. Huh? It's the myth of Prometheus. Oh yes. Okay. Oh shit. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> That's why he's getting e- eaten by the birds at the end. You know. Oh no shit. Yep. I did not put two and two together. I just I, thought it was I, so I weird. I was trying to understand. Oh, I was trying uh, to understand. I guess they were stuck on that lighthouse island together. And I was trying to understand. They didn't really like, like they were manly men kind of thing. But there was a sexual tension between them on the other hand. And I couldn't figure just, out if they were doing it or they weren't doing it. You know, I mean. They're trying not to with all their might. Yeah. Trying not to. And it was really hard for them. It was really hard for them. a true story. It was? Yeah, you should uh, look it up sometime. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, I will. No one really knows what happened to them. They just disappeared. These they two lighthouses. They disappeared. No shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what else oh, have yeah. I been watching? Uh, I, I started watching... Um, I watched West Side Story again because I wanted to... I haven't brought myself to do it yet. Um, my, my views are the same as they were before. Um, yeah. I still think the original. I mean, I I, think, I, I just can't it's, imagine. I'm trying to figure out what my problem original. was with it. I mean, it's not. I think it's some of the script changes that they made, uh, and I think it's the choreography. They taken out the drum Robbins choreography, and I'm be honest, drum well, Robbins. Well, do the sharks and they all still do their skit? You know, their thing. Are they no, no, it's, it's different choreography at the moment. Um, they they kind of modernize it, but I think that's I think that's what I think that's what it suffers from because. Drunk Robbins is a phenomenal choreographer until the day he died, which he died about a year and a half ago. You could not perform West Side Story without his choreography in it. And then I guess now that he's dead, I guess now you can do whatever you want now. But, right. And I think, and, you know, but I, you know, I'll give it to the actors. They're all doing their own singing. You know, it's not like the original West Side Story where none of them are doing their singing. Right. Is that you know, true? Got, really? You got Ross Campbell doing actions singing, and someone else is doing riffs singing, and you know, right. all within the same huh. group, right? But um, I think it's um, on HBO Pop- Max and Paramount Plus Disney now, and everything. So Disney I will not be watching it. <laughs> What's that? I don't see myself watching it. Uh, we're gonna do. Yeah. I was yeah, gonna we're gonna do a make remake, too. but. It's gonna be a make remake. Yeah, we're doing but... a make remake in December for Christmas. We always kind of do. I just, I just, I'm kind of, I just, I guess I'm. What's the word? Prejudiced or a bigot against Hollywood? Whatever you want to say. I just don't like where Hollywood has gone lately, and I've just got tired of their pedestals mm-hmm. and ranting and raving. I just wish they get back to making movies. You know, it's and that's why I love a two four. You know, yeah. I just well, want to. I, find, I the only find reason. When COVID happened, I found independent film. I never hardly watched independent film, but now I'm so sold on it. Yeah, you know, watch can... a, any A24 movie is going to be good. Just watch all of them. They're so fabulous. A24. Well, we've, cool. co- we've covered Hereditary and we've covered um, the Ari Aster films. Yeah. 
Um, we've covered we covered a couple of their stuff. I, I think they're brilliant. So I, you know, I like it because it's something out of the box. Well, but- you either love or hate Hereditary because I think I posted something in one of our groups, <laughs> and you either loved it or you hated oh, yeah, it. Yeah, it's very a lot of people. And hate don't it. say you don't like what's his face. Oh God, Midsummer, huh? Oh, uh, oh God, he was in I the color of space. Uh, Nicholas Cage. A- uh, yes, Nicholas Cage. You either love or hate him. You know. I think you like. I like it. the color I of space. Well, I thought that right. was a brilliant film. What, which I really one? Liked the color of space with Nick yeah. Nicholas Cage. It was I different. It was so so weird, though. It's cool color schemes. I mean, it's H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, yeah. I love it's Mandy. So Mandy. Lovecraft. Yeah, I, mean, I like Mandy as well. I Pig didn't like really Pig good. very Pig much. Was, yeah, did you like Pig? I did. You didn't like it? I didn't watch it yet. Uh, Somebody told it me again. I would be upset. I, would I be upset about the pig being kidnapped or whatever? No. I think okay. me, I think I wasn't in the right mood for it, so I I actually got it. I watched it, but I kept it on my watch list to rewatch it because I think I think this. I think I wasn't in the right mood for it, though. Yeah, because I can watch I anything watch- as long as you're not hurting animals. I could watch people get thrown off a uh, building no, a million it's times. It's about his love for his animal. It's not about his animal getting hurt. It's him looking for his. Well, that's what I was worried about because he always plays the super intense movies. Okay. It's like the rock meets the pig, you know? <laughs> I hate it when he does those cheesy action movies. I don't like them. I I'm like them. I think they're fun. I'm but sorry. I, I mean, I grew up with them. A Valley Girl, you know? That was... Valley Girl. That I was a young kid when he did Valley Girl. Yeah, it was like that. his first movie, wasn't it? Valley Girl? Well, that was his been. first movie. Ghost Rider. I, seen I love Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider was good, I have to admit. But I like it when Sam Elliott's on, though. When Sam Elliott comes in. And Drive Angry? Is that, is that Drive Angry? I don't know that one. Or was it? It's the one that has um, Johnny Depp's ex-wife and ex-girlfriend in it. Who knows? Um, I don't know. What's her name? Oh God! What the? Oh God! Because in this country, every time she's mentioned, her Amber Heard, they go Amber bisexual Heard. Every time she's mentioned in this series, <laughs> Amber. Oh, oh, I know who you're talking about because of the pronoun shit. She really is the pronoun. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I just she, say me. Driving Las Vegas was awesome. Together. My I was a huge is, fan of Leaving Las Vegas back in the day. Uh, leave, yeah, that was fear and so loathing good. in Las Vegas is awesome. Fear and loathing, yeah. I love I'm that a huge movie. It was my son's favorite movie. He used to always want to watch Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. You ever see the Bill Murray version? Where the Buffalo Room? Bill <laughs> Murray played, did it once, too. It was pretty good. I did not know that. Back in like yeah. the 70s. I like Bill Murray. Bill oh, Murray's always he always How do you him. not like Bill Murray? You see a documentary about him? He's crazy. He like will walk down the street and go to a random party and walk in and like start doing their dishes. People are at a party and they go in the kitchen and Bill Murray is in there doing the dishes. They're like he, he looks can. at him and he goes, No one will ever believe you when you tell them you saw this. Yeah. It's, it's like so he's my kind of people. I'm serious. I would love it if Bill Murray come and do my dishes. <laughs> I know. He's so cool. He's got one answering machine and the, he's got no agent or anything. And if you want him to be in a movie, you pitch, you call this number and his answering machine picks up and you pitch. And then he either calls you back or he doesn't. It's like Sophia yeah, Coppola okay. that um, lost in translation. She's like, yeah, I just, I called this number and I, I told him that I wanted to make this movie and. I waited. And I, I thought he wasn't going to call me back, and then he called me back and said, "I'll do it." He might have seen <laughs> her acting in The Godfather Three and might have decided to pass. Yeah, she, that <laughs> wasn't her. Uh, She's probably a better director than she is an actress. <laughs> yeah, out of it. She did pretty much ruin that film. <laughs> <laughs> you think? 
Well, I mean, that be I mean to be fair to her though, that has that has to do with Winona Ryder, doesn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. Winona Ryder had to drop out because of her shoplifting charge at the last Oh, night. that's right. I totally forgot about and, that. And, so she had to take up yeah. the slack. And they could they could either hold the movie back for another two years before everyone was available again or just shoot it and they go, Let's, we just need to shoot this. So That's a shame though, because it had potential. Yeah. Um, I think I think they could have left it. I think I liked it, it the way said the second one ended. But it was a bit of a cash in. I mean, I don't really think we need to know about his world going into politics and the papacy. You know, him and Diane King's wedding, you know, their their marriage is already over by the second one. Oh, get me going. Yeah. I was raised Catholic. <laughs> it did have that great line of just when I thought I was out, yeah, they, they pulled me back, back in. in. So <laughs> worth it just for that. Yeah. And again, it had that 80s sheen, shiny thing yes. all over yeah. it. Well. It the movies did get shiny, it. and then they got weirder in the 90s. Well, 90s, 90s was so fucking weird. It just wasn't. Well, well, 90s films were quite odd because they were, they, I mean, that's, they were, they, the testing waters, independent films started being, it's like independent labels from record companies and independent films started getting swallowed up by conglomerate movie studios. So the ni- when you get to the 90s, it's like all of a sudden all these independent films are starting to be swallowed up t- underneath these headings sort of thing. And that's why that's why 2000 to 2020, there's not a lot of individuality when it comes to music and films. Television well, television had to reinvent itself because of streaming services. So that's why television's changed now. Yeah. Well, that was um, the, well, we got and, into that but, last week. It was the age of the miniseries, you know? The music yeah, well, is like was, not that, it's like... Music defined, like, for me and shit, you know, like, it was like, right. it defined you. You would, you know what I mean? You would put on a black flag shirt. And I that agree like with you. It something, you know what I mean? And it was like, and now it's just like something that people listen to. It's not. I well, agree with everything, you. Everything's, everything's bought out by main, you know, all the independent labels got bought out. So it's all owned by big labels. And that's what happened. There's no well, money. Yeah, Lloyd Kaufman hanging in there, though. I hear he's going to be in Texas. He's looking for volunteers. Who is? <laughs> Lloyd Kaufman, trauma. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I like Lloyd Kaufman. Yeah, but I think, um, but I think what's going to happen is, is that you know, independent, their independent films are being made, and they're, they're, but now there's getting to the point where now that people are no longer go to multiplexes and no longer going to cinema that often, they're watching more stuff from home, and because of streaming services, and they're able to watch, they're spitting them out. They're starting to be able to get out again, so. You know, before I like going that, going to the theater once in a while. I, I go to the theater twice. We had a problem getting out anyway, but we had video. We had video. You watch stuff. We watch stuff on video. I mean, Basket Case, which we're covering later on, because of video. We I didn't know that was shot in eight millimeter. Not that we're not going to get into that here soon, but Basket yeah, Case was shot. But it wasn't a cinema release film. Necromantic I think it said eight millimeter. I'm pretty sure I heard that when I was looking. Necromantic definitely was. Oh yeah, but the, the version I watched was in HD. Was totally redigitized, which I didn't need because I saw everything. No matter. <laughs> Still mm-hmm. traumatized. I was texting Keith at like one in the morning. I go, I might not fucking ever recover from this movie. Whose suggestion was this? Mm-hmm. It takes a lot to make me cringe. <laughs> I mean, a lot. Well.
talking about Necromantic, but <laughs> so get to it then. <laughs> Necromantic is a 1987 West German horror exploitation film co-written and directed by Jörg Bogart. It is known to be frequently controversial, banned in a number of countries, and has become a cult film over the years due to its transgressive subject matter, including necrophilia and audacious and audacious imagery. So what we're going to do is cut through the trailer of Necromantic and be right back. Welcome to Literary License Podcast, and we're discussing the 1987 West German horror exploitation film, Necromantic. So, Matthew, what are your thoughts on Necromantic? I think uh, the two words that would most sum up this film are flawless and perfect. And uh, it's fucked the- up. <laughs> what happened to one the, the two greatest words love stories? <laughs> well, one of the greatest love <laughs> stories since Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Oh, my and, God. Uh, they just I don't, don't make romantic comedies like they used to. Well, this is definitely romantic. Should have been a country song because she leaves him in the end for the dead guy. And brings I mean, a bunch of punk rock kids film their friends acting crazy with an eight millimeter camera. Fuck yeah, yeah dude. I'm fu- all about it. I thought it was, you know, I love the soundtrack. I watched the, he had the soundtrack. I don't get the sound. That soundtrack reminded me of Dr. Shivago, like following you through Siberia. I mean, I, I kept thinking of that soundtrack, but the piano, da, 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 that yeah. music. Oh my God. It's just like, who come up with that music? Because the music was so elemental to everything that was going on. Like the dream sequence when he's like, yeah, that's the air and that's the beautiful piano music. So funny. You know, I mean, I, I've just, I, I mean, I didn't even know that they, I guess they do have people that kill, that pick up traumatic accidents because I've seen some really, you know, we live in the Dallas area. You see some shit, you know, when you live in a Metroplex, but I didn't know that, that, you know, that they actually, you know, just throw them in bags. I guess you don't have no real choice when they're in parts because it starts out with that lady urinating on the side of the road and right there, you know, it's going to get ugly right immediately. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you saw her fat legs, you saw the granny panties come down, and you saw the pen, you know, and you got the, the old man in the car who's not happy, you know, and he does just, just, just I just, there's a couple just, of urination scenes in there. Yeah, there are lots of urinating going on in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess another thing you have to look at Necromantic is 1987, and these are the children of the children of World War II. Right. And, and the children of the Berlin Wall. German. I watched a and they the the thing I've got has a, a like an interview with the, uh, the the director and he's saying I think he was really rebellious. He was talking about how he was angry how that they would the you remember when the nasties came out and they, they would ban those or they would chop the film like you know like Grindhouse put this out but you don't see certain scenes in the Grindhouse version I believe because they took out the animal thing and stuff like that. 
<clears throat> but he was very rebellious and he did not want horror, his horror movies or any horror movies um, edited or censored in any way. That was almost like a rebel rebellious yeah. movie he made. He never sent it to the, anybody. You know what I mean? Like it was like in the UK, I guess, because they never, it never got sent to the UK censor board. So I don't it was know like how floating it around. If anything needed to be censored, it was this one. <laughs> yeah, there was going to be nothing. Left. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was okay until they, I mean, they started having the menage a trois with the dead dude. That was I awful. mean, when he started sucking on that guy's eyeball, that was it. I was, the point. oh my God. That was just like, holy shit. Who suggested this? Who suggested this movie? It wasn't <laughs> me. <laughs> Did you see that, uh, that movie called, I think it's called The Censor. And it's about the lady in the UK in the 80s. Who was I don't like, think so. It's pretty Mary good. Whitehouse. Yeah. What was it? Mary Whitehouse, and what happened was is that um, she went on this horror nasty thing where they were like, I mean, to be honest, half of these films weren't seen. Evil Dead was on the... the Evil Dead movie. isn't that bad, though. I well, mean, No, but the thing is, what they were doing is instead of like watching the films and find out if they need to be, if they're a video nasty, they're going by covers, the, the box The video covers, covers yeah. And if that's the words, I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was banned in this country up until the 90s. That wasn't yeah. even that bad. Well, Texas Toby Hoover said he was making but, a PG movie. <laughs> well, I mean, but the thing is, no, they didn't watch the film because, to be honest, you don't re- there's not you don't really see anything. There's no blood in Texas Stallings Alabaster whatsoever. But nope. yeah. well, you, there's a little here and there, but it's not enough. It's not like a helter skelter bloodbath of, of blood, like blood no. cannons spurting all over the place. You know, there's more than five thirteenth than they than there is. In- Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, Friday the Thirteenth for sure. Mm-hmm. Halloween wasn't even that bloody. No, Halloween's not bloody at all. Never, not the first one. I mean, but, uh, sometimes don't you think that gives more to the movie, though? I mean, seriously, yeah. Sort like of the like- Texas, Texas Chainsaw is so amazing. It's just like the atmosphere, and 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 you know, what I mean, it's it's hard to put your finger on what is so uh-huh. terrifying about that film, man. It's like it's there's intense. no. There's no scene you can cut out to make it less or more or anything. It's it's the whole vibe of it is so good. Well, did you watch the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Netflix? Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, I thought, to be honest, I, I don't understand why she's so angry at Leatherface because she should be thankful to Leatherface because if Leatherface didn't kill Franklin, she would have been stuck with Franklin for the rest of her life. He uh, did. So <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I didn't know. I mean, I was. I thought they were going to go <laughs> off into Franklin. the sunset. I really did. The new Franklin was more irritating than the old Franklin, and I couldn't wait for her to go. But it had to get a deal with her through the whole movie, mm-hmm. you know. And they, they kill the good-looking redneck. It's like, come on, man! Don't kill the good-looking redneck. <laughs> I mean, in the original nine, um, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the only thing, the only thing that I don't like about it is Franklin's character. He's just too whiny, and it's just like, and I kind of wish that he was the first to go. <laughs> I kind of wish that what happened was is that you know when they kick when they kick out Leatherface's brother, I'm assuming it's his brother, you know, on the side of the wall. As soon as he starts cutting himself and starts showing pictures in the back of the van, that they would have kicked Franklin out with him. <laughs> that was some fucked up shit too. He was like that crazy guy in the back of the <laughs> wanted yeah. to take everybody's Peace picture. Maker. I loved him. He well, was so misunderstood as a character. <laughs> I told you my brother made the best head cheese. <laughs> I have to sit there and say one that 
Because Texas Chainsaw Massacre for me is scary, but at the same time, there's a black comedy that runs through it for me. Yeah, like when she when she's trying to when they're running away from Leatherface and she's pushing Franklin through the shrubs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! I know. It's just like down the road. It would have been easier with his wheelchair. Like, Franklin, you're fighting for your life here. Or when the know? chef comes home and he's going, "Look what your brother did to the door! Don't you yeah. have any respect for personal property?" <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? That was the second one that that remake, and they had the guy who played in Full Metal Jacket, the sergeant. Oh my god! And he was oh, the yeah. police. Oh god, what was his name? That was the reboot. Yeah. Oh my, I love him. He, that man just cannot do any wrong in any movie, any movie he's in. He's just fucking hysterical. I loved him as the sheriff. But Franklin just had it coming. The female Franklin or the woke Franklin, whatever you want to call Franklin. But Franklin had to die. <laughs> I mean, the moral, the moral of Texas Chainsaw Massacre is if you go to someone's house and they don't an- and no one's home. Don't go in. Don't enter yeah. their house. <laughs> Especially if they have all kinds of weird looking blood sausages and flies accumulating in the kitchen. That's usually a good time to turn around. There was a tooth on the front porch. He's like, look at that. That's right. There was a tooth on the front porch. And Leatherface didn't know. He was like, why? Who these people keep coming to my house? He's like sitting there like, you know what I mean? He's not like going out trying to find people. Oh my God. How funny. Yeah, that's all. But, but 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 this guy here, I mean, he definitely was a loser, even to his girlfriend. I mean, he started out bringing body parts home. I mean, I was trying to figure out why he was putting them in formaldehyde. Did he have sex with the eyeballs? Were they just what were they doing with all this shit? You know, it's quite funny about necromantic. And if you sit there, new well, let's cut to nineteen ninety four when Jeffrey Dahmer gets caught, right? And um. Jeffrey Dahmer's dad, it's on records and documentaries, is that Jeffrey Dahmer, ever since he was a child, since he was the age of three, they would buy him toys, but he would not play with toys. He only wanted to play with dead bodies, dead bones and stuff like that. He only wanted to play with bones. Yeah. So, so thinking, you know, looking at Necromantic through that kind of a lens that maybe he was just into thingy. I mean, there's a museum here that if you ever come to London, I'll take you to. It's called the Medical Museum. And it's basically conjoined twins and cool. Going from aldehyde and stuff like this, and you know, from the Victorian times on up to nowadays, sort of thing, it's all there. The elephant, the elephant man's bones are there, and so on. And I was so gonna forth. say, what happened to the elephant man? His bones are well, they, they kept him for did he give he, his body he, to he, science he, or they take the medical it? Museum at the moment, and the only way you can get into the medical museum at the moment is that you have to be a, a medical person. But you know, I whenever anyone comes in, they want to go, I can I sign people nice. into that. Didn't Michael Jackson on the elephant man for a little bit? He, it's kind of weird that you, they can buy it, but they cannot actually own it. If you know what I mean, you buy it, own it, but it can only be here. It's, it's, it's like yeah. own it. It's a bit like adopting an animal at the zoo. <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm really not an like, animal. Oh. I am a human being. Poor yeah. guy. But, that um, is what they would do. But this guy was really special, kind of twisted and sick. And his woman didn't even appreciate all the body parts. He was, you know, wasn't this the guy that got shot in the head by accident? Is that who the corpse ended up being in the pond? Yes. He got shot in the head by accident. He's, he had to smell. I mean, okay, you're into dead bodies. But doesn't that putrefy? I mean, doesn't that smell bad? That's how they get caught. That's how Dahmer got caught. The smell. Yeah. Well, Gacy got caught kind of, sort of, because of the yeah. smell coming out of the, the bottom of his house, didn't he? It's either, it's either a smell or the drains, one or the other. Yeah, yeah. God, why would you just put him under your house? You know it's going to get ripe. 
You know, if you could, I mean, that was sort of like, what was it? Golden Glove. He was stuffing them in the, in the walls. Yeah. And they, that, you know, that was a true story too. Yeah, yeah. that was, that was so, that was so fucked up. That was like my go-to story. That's all you had to do was tell me about that story two years ago. And I turned people onto it all the time. Now you're talking about people who are not killing people just for the sake of killing them. They're killing them because they have, they want them with them. They yeah. want, want them. They're yeah. I think if they consume them, they get stronger or some kind of weird shit. Yeah, Endo, exocannibalism. I think you're, I think that's feeding too much of an understanding into it. It's just that they're like their lovers. There's like there is them. You know, it's the people. They're 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 trophies. They're something that they're part of. I, I mean, know, I'm but I'm talking about there. But, but I'm talking about them. your biological senses. That smells bad. Have you ever smelled chicken in a deserted house? I mean, they learned. To, they learned to like it. They do. They like Ted Bundy talked about going and going back to the corpses and like. To fuck them, he would have to pull the maggots out of her vagina and shit, dude. And he Ted would Bundy, fuck them too. There was oh, nothing did. I don't know, Ted, but I knew Keep going back and back, and they, yeah, they reek. It's well, that's how they caught. That's how they caught the uh, serial killer that was plaguing our house, our area in Watertown, Arthur Shawcross. They found oh, yeah. him. He went back to the Genesee River, right, and to to go, you know, faff at yes. the dead body on the bridge, yeah. and that's how they caught him. You're jacking off on the bridge, right? Jacking off on the bridge. I mean, let's put it this way. I mean, how many hoarders live in their homes? You ever been to a hoarder's house? It doesn't yeah. smell. No, yeah. it doesn't. Right. They get a lot of cats, too, and stuff. Well, the, a lot of those cats end up dead in these piles of shit that they can't find them ever again. And then, you clear, then they clear out these hoarders' houses that you've seen, like, these hoarder programs. And Somebody's like dead in house. there? Well, there's, like, dead animals and dead rats and dead cats and dead this and then that. And it's like, you know, and, I mean, they smell. These water places smell, but they live in them because they don't notice it after a while. Was this you know? movie, like, in four scenes to you? I mean, was it, like, Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, Act 4? Because they did kind of black it out to the next thing. It was sort of led to the next, you know? This one, to me, is a carousel film. A carousel film? Yeah, basically, it starts out from the beginning, and basically, it mirrors what he's doing. You know, like the killing of the animal is basically, you know, it's him. You know, and then it, and then it kind of circles back to that, doesn't it? So, and and it's like, you know, and the thing is, you know, everyone's like talking about the shockiness of the killing the rabbit and the skinning of the rabbit, but that's how your food's done. Yeah, I know. People just don't want to see it. That's all. People are criticizing this, but at the same time, he's sleeping with the dead people. But the thing is, he's not, up to that point, he's not killing anyone. He's bringing them home. Yeah, he's just hanging out with them. They're already dead. I guess what you don't know. Yeah. It's Uh, just that, but they're having that, that, that three, that, that. The, the menage a trois with that thing and i was just like dying but i was no, i was high as fuck when i was watching it though <laughs> well another kind of weird thing about this whole thing is is that does this go along with what's going on with the aids crisis at that moment this is 87 so it's like it's dead you think people that was a message i read an so interview with him and he said it it was it wasn't in the forefront of his brain but he said like maybe subconsciously it was because a lot of people did, did say that yeah. That's sort of like Andy Warhol's C in that movie. They thought it standed for cancer, but a lot of people said he's just just put shit in there like that all the time. I guess it's all in interpretation. What you want to think it is? I mean, a true That's artist. Hard. We'll leave it up to the viewer. Yeah, you know. I mean, the thing is, is that he was drawn to. I mean, and you know, it's a bit like um, maybe this, maybe part of the sex for him, what turned him on, was the actual smell of the corpses. There are certain things yeah. that there's certain well there are certain things like there are people who like 
take, take, just, that's, that's people, that's take people who are foot fetishes. There's some people who like the way the foot looks and stuff like this, but there are other people who like the really smelly feet. Yeah. That's what Probably they're the easiest that's all, hundred bucks. All for 10 minutes. Get some erect or get them really excited because of the smell and people, you know, you know, so maybe it's that sort of thing, but there's also, you know, having, you know, you know, meanwhile, he's, well, I find the, the only strange thing I find in this film is that he was able to find a partner that was into the same thing that he was. Right. But I also found really weird that is he homosexual or is he bisexual? Because I think this like, is a bisexual thing going on well, here. The male corpses, they were always male corpses he was bringing home. They weren't female corpses. I mean, he does murder a Well, female. I mean, you got it. Well, the only female corpse he found was cut in half. I guess he only needed the bottom half, I guess. Wait, he kills <laughs> that sex worker. That's right. He killed yeah. he a sex worker. The sex he worker, did he kill her? The thing is, for me, the sex worker, when he kills a sex worker, was that him being pissed off that his girlfriend left him? I think it was. I think he was. Well, she left him and took the dead body. I mean, talk about leaving for the other guy. I mean, come on. But, but the, yeah. I mean, to, wait, the thing is, you have to look at the sex worker. You have to look at the sex worker in a slightly different situation because basically what happens is his girlfriend leaves him because he's inadequate. He lost his job. He's no longer able to pay the bills and he's inadequate. Well, and look at the shithole they were living in. That well, too. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like she leaves him because of these reasons. It doesn't matter what, you know, that, but that doesn't matter what kind of situation. I've noticed in movies That's like this, it's all then he, meets, then he meets a sex worker and then what happens? He strangles her. He can't know. Oh, he couldn't get it up. up. That's right. He couldn't him. get it up. Okay. Laughed at him. She laughed and at she him. She was laughing at him. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, he kills her not because he wants to have sex with her because that's the way he can get off. He kills her because he, he's, he's she's laughing at his inadequacies. Right. So, he, so it's not. Well, he so got he, mad. No one wants to be laughed at. Precisely. So, but what I'm saying is, the murder of the sex worker wasn't because he needed a victim to murder. He wasn't murdering people. He murdered her because. It, his anger got out of control after the inadequacies of his girlfriend leaving at him. So she laughed at him, which basically brought things to the surface. But because of that, you have to remember that because he killed her, killed her, he ends up killing himself because of it. Oh, man, that was like the ending was <laughs> I was just like my jaw was on the ground on the end. I mean, it takes a lot. I mean, I wasn't that po- that point. I was numb. <laughs> because I just couldn't believe what I was watching. I, this is the first time I've ever seen this. Mm-hmm. I, pro- I could probably fast forward through the eyeball scene and, and pick out more things. But I mean, Scott was a firm no on this one. He's like, he was not going to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, no. This guy is not a serial killer. He's not a mass murderer. He's not a murderer. He's, he's, he's finding corpses and bringing them home. He's not murdering yeah. people. No, but it's still illegal. And one point, yeah, but I'm saying that you know, but the one person that he murders is what causes him to kill himself. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that that was like a really grisly suicide. I mean, talk about coming while you're going. That you was know? so Literally. funny. They're shooting off. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that penis? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Heat-seeking moisture missiles. I mean, he was just like, that was some major shit. Literally. But another thing, <laughs> I, found a bit, another thing I found is that. And this is where I think, though, uh, this is where I think the film basically describes. I think it's just showing that maybe this is a nurture versus a nature sort of thing. And yeah. because of that when the when the obviously, I'm kind of wondering when the 
I, I don't the rabbits being skinned and stuff like this. Is this his childhood where he's looking at this childhood? That's what I thought. I thought it was well, it was supposed to be his pet, I think, from what I was listening to. I, I mean, I, it's hard to tell because it's obviously they're killing it for food. It's not just they're just killing an animal. I we mean, used to eat rabbits. My grandfather was from the old country in Italy, and he used to always bring home rabbit. You know, well, I, I, I saw remember- him skinned in a bag. He never did it in front of me. So I know so many friends of mine who basically have gone to their grandparents' farm or stuff like this, and they go out to farm and they go, Oh, he goes, Which chick, you know, so what chicken do you like? And they go, I like that chicken. And like, Oh, so because they think they're going to get a chicken pet. And what happens? They pick up the chicken, they break the neck, and they're like, (laughs) 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 They know they're going to get given that chicken as a pet. Yeah. I had time. friends that used to name their cows. That one cow I remembered because his name was Sirloin. <laughs> <laughs> and they ate Sirloin. Sirloin disappeared one day. Yeah, that's what happens on farms. And stuff we like are goats. They had names. They were dairy goats too. We had we milked them for years and years and years. But I love yeah. dairy goats. It's just I t- like goat if it's cooked right. It's just. But speaking of cooking, okay, so they have this three way with the dead man. They hang the dead guy draining on the wall, and then they put this huge red steak in a pan and right. are just sitting there eating this big red steak after this. And I'm just like, I was ready to hurl at that point. <laughs> and I mean, because that was really grossing me out. I wanted a steak for the longest time. I doubt I'm going to get that steak this week just because I got to get over this movie first. <laughs> the steak thing grossed me out more than the sex did. Yeah, they're all touching it, putting their hands on it. I know, after they've done all that with that dead, seeping, yeah. oozy, dead carcass, and they're eating that huge fucking steak raw as they possibly can. I like mine walk through a warm room, too, but not that warm, you know? Yeah. I mean, it didn't even fit in the pan. At least get a pan and fit it in the <laughs> right size. I'm going to sit there stuffing it in the pan. This I is a disturbing movie, folks. I think another thing that's quite interesting about this is that was he into having sex with corpses or was he into having sex with, sex with corpses because of his girlfriend? I think it was because of the girlfriend. Because the he girlfriend was watching was, that thing of how to get over phobias. He's looking for another body to bring home, does he? Well, didn't he? Wasn't he watching self-help videos, if I remember correctly? I don't know something if it was about, self-help or just on the television, yeah. Yeah, something about phobia, bad yeah. habits. Or, like put a spider on you to get you used to arachnophobia. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of weird when you look at the German history as far as the whole Schadenfreuden kind of <laughs> 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 laughing at the misfortune of others sort of thing. And you're kind of going, Just. and I mean, I don't, I don't know too much of um, Germany. Um, I mean, Germany nowadays after joining the EU is a lot more metropolitan, a lot more right. so on and so forth. But looking at stuff that's coming out of Germany bef- when the wall was still up, um, I mean, there's, was this a behind the Iron Curtain movie? This is the, no, this is Western. So okay, is, okay, I couldn't remember or not. I just know that this guy had no filters. These people have zero. I'm almost half tempted to watch Necromantic too because I want to see what happens. Well, I'll probably, the, probably end up getting blazed and watching it. Is that at, after the war, up until the Berlin Wall came down, they were a very, very poor country. Yeah. Very, I did know that. Um, there was not a lot of economics there. You had families that were divided in half and families on one side of the wall that they were not allowed to see and other families on one side of the wall. And I mean, that I've whole, seen, I've seen documentaries like, where families on this side of the wall and the families in the building on the other side of the wall, they communicate by yelling over this. This is the sad. thing say, America and Russia probably didn't do a very good job after the war at that, you know, because at that, 
at that reasoning for whatever reasons. You know, you know, with hindsight, it probably wasn't the best thing, but it did leave them very economically depressed. Plus, yeah. you got to remember that our it'd be like our parents. Our parents were Nazis, and now they're no longer Nazis after the war, and then they give birth to us. Yeah, where does all that misplaced what our, whatever what our, go? What the generation is, and you know, so you got so that's another thing that you can look at necromantic as this sort of thing is that where they were, you know, socially, economically wise, and where they might be um, at another state because there's a lot of misspent youth. I mean, if you look at the music that was coming out of there nineteen in the nineteen eighties, mm-hmm. uh, Nina Hagen. You know, and people like that, and you know, and you know, but they were, you know, they were, you know, looking towards the future. Once the wall goes down, of course, things change. But right. at that time, I mean, they were so. In, Europe was very seek, economically depressed until like the mid eighties, early nineties. Well, everything England started picking up. We were just coming England, out of a Jimmy Carter recession, too. And globally, as we've seen, when one big country's economic starts collapsing. It's like dominoes. So that's probably the same thing was going on over there at the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, the thing is, we had Margaret Thatcher in this country. And if it, and no, she was horrible. But if it wasn't for Margaret Thatcher, she got him out of the recession. Because before that, I mean, garbage wasn't being picked up in the streets here. I see. I've watched a lot of stuff about that. That was that was sort of like New York. New York. So they wouldn't take the garbage. I remember I had a friend. They used to wrap up her garbage, put a bow on it. Put it in her pinto and leave it slightly ajar. And some dumb motherfucker comes well, stealing the trash. Union, all the time. <laughs> the unionization at that time in the seventies and early eighties, everyone was striking. You know, and yeah, I mean, there was a lot of that going on back then. Yeah, you're right. Until the government started getting rid of unions. Now I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because obviously it depends. You know, it depends. Yeah, I it think. depends if you're the. Lo- it depends if you're the the consumer or if you're the person who's working. <laughs> if you're the consumer, it's great. If you're the person who's working, you're being fucked. So yeah, basically. So, but um, but I mean, necromantic. I mean, I think that you know, and you kind of look at. You well, know, somebody had to do this job, is what he was doing. He was picking up traumatic car wrecks and murder scenes, and I didn't realize that there was probably somebody. It did. I like I say, I always learn something, no matter what. I always put, I didn't put that together. Somebody has to clean up this mess when you see a horrible wreck. Not just anybody's going to go in there and clean it up. You know, it's not like you're going to send the city in to do it. I mean, these people are specialized. And I kind of really didn't know that. There's no job security either, is there? I mean, let's face it. The one guy doesn't like him for whatever reason, wants to fire him. And and there's nothing about him not doing his job properly, so he didn't like him. Well, Well, he was stealing body parts. Yeah. Well, he didn't get fired for his body parts. He got fired because he um his locker smelled. Oh, that's he was, right. He left his uniform in there. Yeah, wasn't he got fired for stealing body parts or anything like that? He got fired because the guy was looking for anything to fire him, and he found the one thing he could fire him from. That was it. But before that, we got scenes where his foreman is complaining about him all the time because he just doesn't like him. So this guy doesn't, you know. So basically, there's no job security there either. So for whatever, yeah. Reason, that's what saying, set him off, though. Well, he went home looking for some kind of empathy from his girlfriend, and he wasn't getting any. So he wasn't working all day, was she? I mean, he was supporting. Well, her. she was just hanging around like a bag of bones herself, being useless. I mean, it didn't look mm-hmm. like she was cooking or cleaning because even the after sex steak he was cooking, she wasn't doing it. She was laying in bed with the guy with the you know the the pipe iron penis. 
they they would they duct tape that penis on this dead dude i think it was because they were yeah. looking to see if he had any i don't even know why she was looking to see if he had a package because it wasn't gonna work let's face it well, no that's one of the first things that disintegrates off a person anyway because it's just flapping skin isn't it so yeah yeah um but i mean you know, and she so basically she's only with him because of the, the dead parts. Job. Well, the menial job he's working as well. I mean, that means that she doesn't have to work. She's got a roof over her head, doesn't she? Yeah. As soon as, there, as, soon as she figures that, oh, there's not going to be a roof over my head, and there might not be food in the cupboard, and or dead not, bodies. There, there, well, there will not, you know, no dead bodies, or there might not be any. Um, I guess it just blows my mind that there are people out there who are willing to do this that have done this. And I just can't wrap my brain around their mental state. I in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the guy who owned one of the gay bars, um, he was into sleeping with corpses. But I don't know if he actually slept with corpses. But if he if he went home with him, or he picked, you know, whatever, you know, he would have you. He had to bathe yourself in ice water, and then lay par really still and then he would sleep with you that's yeah i just i think that you know what when i thought when i was thinking necrophilia though i was thinking like fresh killed body i was not thinking (laughs) rotted body you Mm, know sitting in a pond for a two-month body i was thinking just freshly killed like the sex worker that's what I was thinking of necrophilia. I wasn't thinking, well, I guess, you know, the, the biggest serial killers left them to rot for a while. I mean, they're going to go, you know, they're going to get ripe. Let's face it. Dahmer said that he couldn't, if he was having sex with a person and they like talked or moved or made a sound that it completely ruined it for him and he hated it. And then he would go to the gay bathhouses and drug the people and then just have right. sex with them while they were unconscious because that's the way he liked it. Yeah. Well, well, I'd rather be unconscious than be dead. Dennis Nielsen was like that. Dennis Nielsen, he'd pick you up. And if he spent the night with him, it was fine. You'd go home. But if he said you're going to leave after having sex, he'd murder you. And then after that, he would sit there and have conversations with you and dress you up and move you around and bathe you regularly and stuff like this. It's only when something uh, snaps in that head. Wait a day or two for rigor mortis to set in because it made it makes them tighter. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Bad enough. Bad enough doing it regular way with a woman. But I didn't even think about the Hershey Highway until just now. (laughs) So, So, well, the thing with this guy is that, um, I mean, first of all, he doesn't have penetrative sex with the girlfriend at all. There's a lot of kids. There's a lot well, of. Her. It looked like they were doing it in the beginning. I don't. I don't. I don't know the courses in between them, I and mean, because we get this weird video effect that happens, which I think is quite cool. I quite like that. It's <laughs> almost like we're on acid now. So, yeah. but I wasn't quite sure about what their sex was like together because they have this person in between them. She seems to be a bit more interactive. He seems to be on the side, rubbing you know, rubbing his hand up and down her, and she seems to be riding the. The okay, maybe that. that's what it was. I thought he was, you know, doing the old from behind thing, you know. Yeah, but he seemed to be more of a. He, he seemed he seemed to be more of the third party spectator who is kind of joining in. You know, like when you have a three way and you got like two people really doing it, and the other person was kind of like touching you. Yeah, you're kind of like standing there, like trying to find where they fit in. Do I stand here? Do I go here? Okay, I'll stay here. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh god, I've probably just given away too much of my life right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so I mean so that's we're why all I'm here. We we're all mint. <laughs> well, to be honest, she was a lot she seemed a lot more sexually aware of herself anyway. I mean, she masturbates while she's in the bathtub covered in blood and doing the thing with the gore and stuff like this. Well, and he then, was too with the dead cat parts. Don't forget the yeah. dead cat. Yeah. Though, there's always, it's kind of funny because she's very, that, that's another thing I found interesting that when she's doing it, she's very, very, she's very, very comfortable with her being and who she is. When she's reading it, to the dead guy. That was beautiful. Yeah, she was reading a, a love story, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. But when he when he does or something, and this is what I think where I call the film a carousel film because things get repeated. And then when you see his version of it, he just seems like someone who's doing it. But there's not a there's not this comfortable that I'm comfortable in myself kind of way of doing it. He's doing it, and he's like, okay, I'm he's and he's trying really hard to really get into it. And but it doesn't have the same effect that her version does. You know she's just I mean? all full board. All she's just totally into it. That's what's going on with her. This is her. This is her. I don't. I can't see her, this woman. I mean, she took the dead body, so clearly she's more attracted to the dead than she is the living. Well, when I well, look at it. The only thing is that when she leaves, he loses identity, isn't he? He loses who he is. She doesn't know who he is anymore. There's that yeah. as well. Well, it was rather abrupt. You useless. You know, not working anymore. You're not dead. You can't get it up. I mean, clearly he has issues. And the okay. poor guy one eyebrow. That can't be good for you. That eye thing, though, I just that that just put me up. When he started sucking on that dead dude's eyes, I thought that was like lights out. I mean, I was like literally, I was watching like this. I knew I had to watch a little bit, but I was doing that with my eyes. I never do that. <laughs> Only that, with eyeballs. And that's another thing is that when he was doing that, it's kind of like for me, it was sound like, okay, I need to kind of one up her here feel like i'm involved because before that he's not really he's kind of there but he's not he's not getting any attention for what he's doing it's like she's giving all the attention to the the corpse dead guy, the corpse yeah he's, he's not dog. even a guy it's a corpse <laughs> dead well, it almost, but it almost felt like that basically he was you know when he does the eye thing for me it just felt like it's like it's the way for make sure that he's like involved in what's going on around him sort of thing it's not like i know i just wish they would have found another avenue <laughs> To make him more involved with the film. I mean, let's face it. I mean, it wasn't the freshest. I mean, nothing's worse than a, when I lived in Ireland. Um, the next door neighbor drowned, and I, I wasn't aware that in Ireland they do not embalm. Um, they do not embalm, and so basically, I went to the funeral home, and it was pretty sketchy shit myself <laughs> no it smelled really bad nothing's worse i mean i, I nothing's worse than a drunk. it smells like gangrene if you've ever worked somewhere and someone's got gangrene that's what a dead corpse smells like yeah but a uh, 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 drowned victim's even worse it's all water bloated yeah bloated and smells and it's a bit like if you have you ever had like rats who died in a cistern and then you have to clean the rats out of a cistern or something like that it's it's different than just roadkill Yes, it's like it's just so, and they're slimy and they're gooey and yeah. I mean, uh, why you would? Why they didn't have an open casket, did they? No, it was closed, but there was, um, but it was still seeping. One time, um, I was watering my garden and the water stopped. And a lot of times, we have to pump the water from a spring into a tank, right? You'll get like a bubble in the line, like an air bubble. 
Right. I started sucking on the hose. And I'm trying to get this no! air bubble out. And I'm sucking on it and sucking on it. And then all of a sudden, my mouth gets, like, full of, like, hair and shit. Oh, like, no! Hair. And, yeah. And then I go up to the water tank. And as soon as I got near it, I could smell it, man. It was, oh, God. And then I, I pulled the line off of the bottom of the tank. And there was a fucking rat in there, like, completely fucking broke down. Like I would have hurled. Just, that would have made yeah, me hurl. I hurled, and then I went and started <laughs> guzzling tequila and throwing the tequila because I've been drinking. I had so much of that water in my mouth; it was insane. And I, I would have down the, the closest two hundred proof shit next to me just to make sure that shit was dead. And what I was doing exactly what I did. <laughs> a blo- and a bloated corpse of water of a drowned corpse smells totally different than a regular corpse. It's the most vowel. It's the weirdest vowelist. Thing I've ever smelled in my life. They used to pull them out of the Dexter Marshes every once in a while. I don't know if you remember, but back then, you know. I went to an autopsy um, God, back when I first moved here, um, when I first, start, first started a job here, and they actually sliced into it and exploded all over me. Because <laughs> <laughs> the air. Because the air gets stuck in there. And they... I mean, I got pictures of me. <laughs> oh, man. I would have passed out. <laughs> I don't mind. I, I know it's just a movie. That's the whole thing. I know it's just a movie. Shit, I was eating a bowl of ice cream when I was watching it. I mean, I was talking to Scott about it a few minutes ago. He was trying to eat lunch. He just took his tray, went in the back room, just ignored it. I go, yeah, but you got to watch it. It's really wet, you know? But to each his own, I guess, you know. When they go back to the rabbit cutting scene, and then they and then it seems like they let the rabbit go. What do you think that signified? Maybe him being releasing whatever. I think he died, right? Was that before or after he died? Yeah, I think, I think after you stabbed yourself so many times in the stomach, you start pulling your own intestines out. I don't think there's no coming back from that. Well, I mean, the rabbit scene where it looked like the rabbit was being put back together. Yeah, it's almost, I thought maybe it's just, to me, it kind of signified that if that didn't happen, maybe there would have been hope for him having a different life than what he has. Well, I thought it was like something I think that happened when he was younger and it because it, wasn't something. Well, what was going on at the same time they were showing the rabbit getting killed? There was something going on. There was uh, and it was I think that what they're trying to do was um, go off of, you know, bounce off of that other scene because they were both uh, bad. And I think well, it was a compar- comparison. Both things are meat, aren't they, at the end of the day? They're the, living things that are basically going to be utilized for something else, I guess. Well, some people think we're just cows for the Anunnaki. <laughs> they're gonna, they're <laughs> just harvesting us. Um, I got a list that they want some people to harvest. But, <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think that you know it's it kind of it is a circle of situation isn't it sort of thing i mean once you're a corpse it doesn't matter what happens to your body really i mean you're I know not that, gonna know i know for the people who know the corpse in their previous life i mean it means something to them but you know but if you look at war and stuff like this and that's what happens in war i mean if you die at war i mean it's very rare that you're you some, sometimes your body gets taken back, you just get dumped into a pit, and then basically they put a memorial stone on you. Sadly, soldiers or so on and so forth, and that's what happens to you. I mean, once you're dead, it's like you know. That's I mean, you know, they're for the living; they're not for the, the person who died. Yeah, you're dead. I mean, you don't freaking care, you know, what happened, what they're doing. It's the remembrance of that, you know. 
I, I think it was just a story about total human displacement. You know, this guy, you can't get much lower on the totem pole. I mean, seriously, your, your, your girlfriend leaves you when you don't have a job. You already live in a shithole and she takes the dead dude. <laughs> it don't yeah. get much worse. Yeah. And they're socially economically depressed as well. So there's that going on. There's no hope of better, bettering yourself. No. I mean, if you look at the people doing the job, I mean, even the boss, even the foreman, I mean, it's not like they're happy doing what they're doing. They're doing it because that's their that's job. A, that's got to be a miserable job. I can't imagine collecting body pieces for a day. You know, I, I, I couldn't. I mean, that's got to be sad. That's got to, I mean, you'll probably see children, you know. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's an uplifting, highly inspirational job, but somebody's got to do it, you know. I did think that when they're in the back of the van, it did have that Ed Wood feeling that they <laughs> just in the back of a. They just had like a box that they were sitting in, and he just walking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and and, the, and they had like that pink thing at the back. It's like I thought there was a, that's someone's shower curtain. Like in, I know, not. I was trying to figure out what that was too. And every once in a while, let's go. <laughs> Yeah, God, it was it was it's it was something to behold. I'm glad I watched it though. There were some beautiful shots though, some overhead shots where the camera yeah. was looking down and stuff. The dream sequences were kind of cool. I mean, because it kind of spared you the act of the the sex, kind of with the dead thing, you know, which you knew wasn't a real dead guy. But God, man, it was just like I was just like, ew. <laughs> like, ew. That was good. It, it was, was pretty realistic looking special effects. Well, if it, it bothered me, then it was good. That's the way I look at it. So right. I quite like the scene with the um the blonde Nazi guy. He looked like a Nazi. Like if you're gonna like if like if you didn't have a Nazi soldier, the blonde guy with the gun <laughs> accidentally shoots the guy. The next scene you see him with Nazi guys. What was he doing? He was picking apples, and you didn't know what he was doing picking the apples. Because I mean, I've picked apples before, and that dude did not know what he was doing. But it was kind of funny though, because you see him in a wheelbarrow. The next shot. He's just shooting birds, wasn't he? Yeah, the other guy. So he shot oh, yeah, he guy. was really a Nazi now that I think about it. Because he was just sitting there listening to that music and just shooting fucking birds, you know, for something to do. I'm going to get drunk, don't shoot birds in the backyard. He, he, <laughs> he had a sniper like, rifle like, or something. We're going to shoot, we're gonna shoot. Schindler's List 2 back to the ghetto. Now we need German soldiers. And he, you know, oh, you're perfect. <laughs> You know, I know that she ends up shooting that guy, but that's like I'm assuming that's the guy he brought home for her. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm assuming that, but I don't. I mean, then I thought to myself, the way that the body is, I mean, it, the way the body generally, like, it was kind of hard to figure out what the time difference is here yeah. because that body had been is, in the water for a while. But then that, while, yeah. what would the point of that one scene be? You know, because he went and got rid of the body, right? Yeah, I mean, it must have been. I mean, that I mean, why would they even put it in the film if it wasn't that that body? Yeah, true. Because I was kind of thinking because when I was looking at it, I was like even trying to match up the clothes, see if the clothes matched up or something. <laughs> so like I, I, you know, I did what you, you did. Like I'm assuming it was that because they had that scene prop previous to that. Unless he's trying to say something else that totally went over my head, but. But yeah, I'm assuming it was. But it I said before, it was it was the apple picker. I found it disturbing. It gets a definite disturbing for me. Yeah. Cannibal Holocaust didn't disturb me this much. I thought Cannibal Holocaust was funny through most of it. You know, that didn't bother me at all. Really? Cannibal Holocaust kind of messed me up more than this one. Well, the turtle thing messed me up. I didn't yeah, like turtle that. Turtle was really gross. 
Yeah, I didn't, but they ate the turtle. That's just what indigenous people did. They were just actually filmed. I think it's funny, though, the cannibal holocaust, they arrested the director when he got back to Italy because yeah. they thought he was actually killing people in South America. They had to bring find the actors and bring them to court. Yeah, to prove that they weren't dead. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, that what a testament to filmmaking for you, you know. Right. They actually thought those people were dead. Let's start with you. What would you rate the film on a scale of five? I would have to give it at least a 4.5 because anything that makes me want to hurl has got to be good because I am so numb <laughs> and desensitized to some of this stuff. This, I've never seen it before. And I, I, I really do believe, we all know that there's people like out there that these people walk among us. We just don't know, you know, unless they get caught for being a serial killer or something like that. But it is definitely a wild ride. The music, though, I mean, it's just going to stick in my head for three or four days. <laughs> the only thing missing is the yodeling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts of um, this film? What, 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 what's your ratings for it? I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can rate this thing. I'll give it five. It's hard stars. to rate. You know what I mean? Like, how do you rate something like that? It's like a bunch of kids with video with with, with having fun cameras. making a movie. And what they did was awesome. And we're still watching it. So five stars. Sure, go ahead. I give I- it to you. I'm going to give it um, 4.5. Um, there's some things that I, and the reason why I rate it so high is because every time I watch it, it get. I mean, this is about the third or fourth time I've seen this film and it gets, it makes me think I'm always thinking I, it's, it leaves. It, it does. Assess, it's about scary. It you do think about it. It does kind of stick with you a little bit, especially the ending, because that was just such a ridiculous ending. The guy is killing himself and it's the biggest oh he's ever had because he's a necrophiliac that's killing himself and then they got the fake well that was a fake penis i'm sorry guys that didn't look like any penis i've ever seen (laughs) that's all i got to say but i mean talk about you know (laughs) sitting here 33 years later talking about this film makes it you know it's it's crazy yeah i mean it's not for everybody you don't think? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Two of our co-hosts are here, okay? I know. <laughs> this is, the, this, is this podcast, okay? And two of them are not here. <laughs> yeah. That's so Even funny. David found it a bit disturbing, so I'm quite shocked. Who did? David. Oh, he did? Ah, oh, well. I mean, John, I kind of figured. but I kind of, um, yeah. I get, Craig, I get, Craig can I go guess. one way or another, because Craig likes some Craig things. loves animals. Craig, but Craig likes quite disturbing films as well, sort of thing. Well, Craig, where are you? This was really disturbing, man. <laughs> he's actually not here because he's working. That's the reason. Ah, uh, I missed him. That's the reason why he's he's not here. So, but yeah, um, yeah. So I would give this four point five. And I have to say it's, and I I do think when she puts, you know, when you get the final scene where she's digging him up, to me that felt like a big. What we assume you. is her. Well, to me, it felt like a big fuck you to America and their like horror films and the way it kind of ended with this kind of thing. It kind of felt a little bit like that to me, like two thing, two middle. Well, do you out. think he is a, he tended to do a necromantic too? You know, um, I don't know. I, mean, I think it's one of those things that maybe is something that you hope to do, but whether you get to do it or not. I mean, I, obviously, you don't have money to do a second one, so obviously this this was an art. This was one of these art club films that did very well on the art circuit. 
I thought it would have been brilliant if she had come back, she had changed her mind and realized that she did love him and that she was never going to find somebody who was as tolerant of her, of her weird perversion. perversion and came back to him and then found him dead. And instead of being sad that he was dead, was like just so happy. And like she had a new corpse. That's what I thought she was going to do. I, that's yeah. how I thought it was going to end. She was going to come back. I almost felt like they wanted to do that, but they didn't have the money to do it to finish the film or something. You know what I mean? And instead, yeah. like, we'll just show up somebody digging up the body. My biggest thought in the whole movie is when she's taking the bath, I'm thinking, why the fuck is she wearing her sunglasses in the bathtub? <laughs> why has she got body and blood parts and soaking in it? She looked like Elizabeth Bathory, okay? Right. Yeah. She did. Without, without the virgin blood. Okay, no this brings us to Basket Cake, the 1982 American horror film written and directed by Frank Henlotter and produced by Edgar Evans. Kevin Van Hendrick stars as a normal-looking person who seeks vengeance for the unwanted surgery that separated him from his deformed conjoined twin brother, who he now hides in a basket. The film gained an audience in the 1980s due to the advent of home video and has been considered a cult film. The film did spawn two sequels, Basket Case 2 and Basket Case 3, The Progeny, which was also directed by Henlotter. What we're going to do is cut to the trailer and be right back to discuss Basket. What is the secret Dwayne is hiding in the basket? What's in the basket? Easter eggs? What's in the basket? Clothes. What's in the basket? What's in the basket? My brother. What's in the basket? Open it, if you dare. Basket case. Hello, welcome back to Literary License Podcast. We're discussing Basket Case from 1982. So, Vix, what are your thoughts about <laughs> Basket Case? Oh, this is just the porn podcast here today. Sorry, I got wind. I got chairs flying around outside. It's really breezy here in Texas. Um, what I thought, I always, I always associate this movie with prepubescent boys for some reason. I don't know why. I just think that <laughs> I think if you didn't learn it from your mother, you learned it from Basket Case. <laughs> You know, back in the day, it always cracked me up. I just thought, I mean, I like the stop motion and I, I liked how, what they did with the, with the, the, the crazy twin, you know, and I, I, there's some parts of the movie I'm going to ask you about when we get into it. I haven't figured out like, you know, was Sharon dead or wasn't she dead? You know, I was okay. trying to figure out a basket case killed her. I mean, clearly he was trying to do the nasty with her, you know, but you got to back up actually. When you got two conjoined twins, and this one was the sacrifice twin, clearly the ugly one, you know. I mean, I don't know how he lived, I guess, surgically being removed that way, how either one of them lived. is like definitely Hollywood, and it was a butcher job. But, I mean, it was it was so out there, it was entertaining, though. It was really, what are the, what do you, what's the word I want to use? 
it was an unbelievable but believable tale in a weird way, you know. And and the acting, I can't say the acting was really superlative or anything like that, but um, it was it's just fun movie. I mean, if you got a sense of humor and you can handle shit like necromantic, this is going to be a piece of cake. <laughs> this is lame compared to half the stuff we watch, but it's a lot of fun. I like it. What are your thoughts, Matthew? Oh yeah, um, I just remember when I was like, I was one of those prepubescent boys she's talking about. You were a pe- yep. You were watching Basket Case, learning all about sex back in the day. Yeah, I, I was like a total Fangoria freak, and they they really like pumped this movie back in the day, and uh, I was so excited to watch it, and um, I loved it. It was just like you know, a big part of my youth. It, it was is a great monster movie for back then because they were just starting to come out with these neat little, you know. Not yeah. CGI, I guess, but you know, little special effects things like the stop motion stuff or the stop little play awesome. yeah. I love that stuff. It's uh, there's a there's a creepy darkness to it. I don't know. It's weird that uh, Hen and Loader never refused to call any of his movies horror movies. He just calls them exploitation films. He says they're not horror. Well, because they they did does kind of exploit. I've always wondered why the feminists, especially the rabid ones, don't jump on these movies. You know, I'm just kind of glad they kind of forgot a lot of them about do. Them. Huh? I think some of them do. They, they're not anymore. You don't hear much about it anymore. They've left the 80s alone for the most part. That's why you got all these lame movies coming out now. They're no fun because they're well, did, also afraid to you, hurt your feelings. Did you see Malignant? Yeah, I liked it. Did you think it was a basket case ripoff? A, a little bit, yes. I did. Now that now that you, you bring that up because, yeah, yes. Because she was living here and she'd come out out of her head. So technically, yeah. she shared the same body, or was that mental, though? No, I think that was supposed to be real. I don't know. I didn't really care for the film that much. I thought it was- I liked. I didn't think it was awful, but it was a ripoff when you think about it. I didn't really think about it. I did. Well, I cool kills. The special effects were, were good. Yeah, the they were. Case could be a ripoff of Brian De Palma's sisters. Huh, I guess. So. <gasps> oh yeah, that's true. That. that was another mm-hmm. wickety whack movie too. That was, all these yeah. movies are just crazy. Twins, twins. Separated. Yeah. You know, okay. Who was um? Who was it? Uh, what's her face? Superman. Alive, yeah. Yeah. Uh, God damn it. Uh, oh, what's her name? What's Margo her name? Lois Lane. Margot Kidder. Margot yeah. Kidder. Yeah. I mean, I'm a huge Brian De Palma fan, anyway. But um. But yeah, I mean, but this is like, what would happen if you did sisters and the other sister lived? Yeah. <laughs> Living in a basket. Sorry, well, sorry. that was funny that he just carried him around in the basket all the time. I, I mean, you got to admit, he didn't have too many lines to memorize. That's for sure. You know, that screaming. Yeah, <laughs> I can't even do it. Crazy. He was screaming. <laughs> you know, I got, you know, if he, let's sit there and say that this film's based on a real case. I know I mean, it's total fiction, but let's sit there and say it is. I mean, what would it be like to basically be a conjoined twin that's been separated and you can only and the other person gets like a full life. For instance, um, there's just these conjoined twins that were that did a documentary over here, and one's very small, and she's on a she has on a high chair, and she gets wheeled around because they're joined by the forehead. And the other one's quite big and lummoxy kind of thing. Um, one, the big one, once is a country western singer, and the other I've one, seen, the, I've seen, yeah. And the, and the one the one on the stool is a nurse. She works as a nurse. And so they're going around. And you're just kind of wondering, is this like, you know, if they were separated, 
one of, I mean, because the other one doesn't have any use of her legs. So that means the older one would have to carry the other one around. Yeah. So in order for, so how would, who's going to have a more fulfilled life here sort of thing? So if you put this, the basket case kind of thing, you know, what, can you, you know, imagine how, I mean, what a constricting life that would be when you think about, it. I guess when you're born with something like that, I guess you wouldn't know any different maybe. Well, the I question mean, basically is if you're separated and then one of them, and one of them's got full use of all of the arms and legs and the other one's kind of like doesn't have full use of their body, like in this case, and you're, there's got to be a bit of hatred that goes on and jealousy that goes on. You know what I mean? If you think about it, I mean, sit there well, and think. Well, today, yeah, sort of like that. Have you ever seen the Oriental, the Asian guys that got married, their conjoined yeah, twins and had yeah. huge family? How does that work? The ones in the 20s? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, they had a huge family. Well, Daisy and what's her name um, from Freak Show. On right. Freak, yeah. um, one of them was married. The other one wasn't. Um, and then one of them died early and basically had to carry around the other one for a good three weeks before she died. Oh, whoa. Oh, how awful. People don't die at the same time. Right. I think if my luck, if I was a conjoined twin, I'd probably be conjoined with someone I hated. So I just we just be beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, <laughs> I just know what I'm. <laughs> it's like, I hate you. You're like just throwing this person all the time. It's be horrible. <laughs> well, I mean, there's no <laughs> privacy. You well, don't think have of this way. any think life. Of, just think of anyone in your family. Think of any brother or sister you may have, and just being joined to them your whole I life. I can. I love my brothers, but not now. Yeah. now. You ever read Geek Love? No. Yeah, I have actually. Brilliant. Yeah. What's it called? Geek Love. Never heard of it. Got a family of circus freaks or some conjoined twins. Yeah, it's an excellent book, actually. Uh, I just always think of American Horror horror Story. Yeah, I think they based that that part off of Geek Love a little bit. I guess Doogie Howser wasn't around for that. Doogie Mm. wasn't around for that one, though, right? I just about died seeing Doogie Howser in American Horror Story having sex with the conjoined twins. I thought I was going to die. That was him, huh? I didn't even realize. Yeah, it was Doogie. Oh, well. I mean, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, but then I think that they need to get separated. And then the thing is, is what, what are you, you got one that can live a life as a normal person. The other one's never going to get that, is it? So there's got to forget be the telepathic thing in the movie. Right. Well, they say twins are telepathic anyway. I'm, um, I met twins in a psychiatric sense. So basically they kept, they communicated with each other just by they knew. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that they had full sentences going through there, but they could they could read each other just by being in the same room with each other. They knew what each other were thinking. I don't think, you know, I don't think they had, I don't know, I don't think they had full conversations, but they got, they could read each other very, very well. You know, there have been cases where a twin been living in different states and one gets hurt and the other one feels pain. There's been they've, they've do, that these are documented cases. I believe that. I believe there's the, that possibility. The Nazis did a lot of twin testing and this stuff. It's pretty disturbing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mengel, Mengele, Mengele, yeah. yeah. He loved them. And then you have, you know, then you have other twins who've been separated at birth that they've been joined together and come to find out that they've actually made the same life decisions all the way through, which is kind of weird. They live like separately. But they knew that yeah. there was part of them that was missing. They weren't quite sure what it was. But, but they, 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 they knew that there's something there that's missing that they're still part of. But 
that's kind of bizarre. So they do say twins, but then you had twins who are totally different from each other, like you know the black and white version, you know, right? Like this and ones are complete opposite, the complete polar polarized twins. So, I thought the, I thought though other than the twin thing going on with this, they had a lot of great what do you, what do we always call them character actors in there, like the people that were living in in the same hotel or apartment building that the that they were living in. Well, I mean, they they had an in, they had some interesting people, like you know the uh, oh god, uh, who was the hotel manager? Robert Vogel was the hotel manager. And you had uh, the the black hooker. I think she was like a hooker, wasn't she? Yeah. She was just a riot. She was a transsexual, that one, wasn't she? Who? The hooker. In the, the, oh, hooker? the black think, hooker? Was, yeah, she trans- was she trans? I think so. I think, it, I, yeah, yeah, she was because I was watching a documentary. Uh, I didn't know that. Transsexual, yeah. I thought it was just a lady lady. I didn't know it was transsexual. You know what else I love about this film is the guerrilla filmmaking of it. That when he's running down the street, because you're mm-hmm. not allowed to film in New York City without a permit, and they didn't have right. a permit. Right. When he's running down the street naked, that's then like, no cops, hurry, go, no, shoot, <laughs> run, run. And the making of this, Frank um, Henlauter was sitting there saying that when the police or a car was coming, they had to hurry up and get in the car and like sit there and then wait. It's like, okay, street to clean, let's shoot again. And that's how they would do this. That's great. You know, like when he's walking through Times Square, they had a car and they're just like in the car shooting because they had and then I was wondering how they got those shots. I was I didn't even cross my mind to think that they were doing that like that. That makes me appreciate it a whole lot more. Running down there naked. It's cold. Yeah. Like in October, November or something. Yeah, well it's New York. Hello. (laughs) It's always cold. Did you know the chase scene and the French connection didn't have permits? They didn't. No, it's a miracle that no one died. I mean, it's, it's no shit. crazy. Watch that chase scene. It's insane. I'm going to watch it, the chase scene again. I didn't know that. Oh, my yeah. God. How did they get away with that? Did they get How away did no with one die? I don't know. It's crazy. They're ballsy. I like the breaking of this film as well. The whole gritty Times Square kind of thing in this, the cinema and all the placards. Because they had that's back when all the X-rated films are there. and the Deep shows, yeah. It was beautiful that's footage. So- that's sort of like um, Belial. That was his name. Belial. Yeah. That was, I mean, Belial that's, like, that's like a demon. And Belial a demon? I think or, so, yeah. I think so. He wasn't really, I mean, he didn't look like nothing that a conjoined twin would look like. He was just like a globular mass, you know? I don't even think it had a penis. You know, talk about learning puberty stuff, you know? Um, I can't I tell what he was yeah. doing. He has a penis in the third one because he had bad children. Oh, God. I haven't gotten past the first one. I never watched the second one, but I'm then, willing to give it a whirl. The third one's got Annie Ross in it, the famous jazz singer. Really? Yeah. Uh, I love how they, and, they get certain people in these movies. It's just so much riot. I like. I love the trilogy, the Nebraska the, the Case trilogy. I, I like I, how he gets back at everybody that hurt him and his brother. I mean, they kill them all. You know, I, you know, the funny thing is, is that you know, when it comes to, you know, his brother, what's his brother's name? He's got, his brother's got a name, doesn't Dwayne. he? Dwayne. That's the brother's name, Dwayne? Or is that Dwayne and Belial's The Basket Case. Belial. Yeah. Now, I find him um, more interesting. I kind of wish we kind of had a bit more interest. We do get, in like, Basket Case 2 and 3, we do get a bit more 
of him with more of a story. Um, but but yeah, oh, he's because tearing Dwayne, up the apartment. Wayne's <laughs> kind of boring. He's kind of a boring character. He's really. very boring. You know, there's not much substance to him. I mean, you know, he's kind of like he's just kind of the person who's been bullied. His he whole exists. Life. He can't hold his liquor. No, where would he get all that money from? Do you remember what where he said he got all that money from that that they tried to steal from him? And that's what Bass Case goes nuts and Belial kill. He just totally destroys that guy when he's not in when he's in this room. I'm trying to think where he got that big bankroll. Is, it, from. is Belial stealing the money from people? No, but I don't know. But he had a big bankroll. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Everybody saw it when he was checking in. But his parents died, didn't they? So maybe they left him. Maybe it's inheritance money. Possibly, possibly. But that's what led that one guy to go into the room and try to steal the money. And then, well, he you know, looked like a big old pedo, didn't he? I mean, he just looked like he's like Ryan, you know, Ron Jeremy. He's living, you know, the poor version of Ron Jeremy. <laughs> poor Ron, Jeremy. Ron Jeremy's the butt of so many jokes that he must know. <laughs> he's in big trouble again. Yeah. Yeah, he's waiting. Where's it the same trouble from the last time? You know, the thing is, um, my agent does a lot of stuff with porn and stuff like this. Not in it, but promoting it and marketing it and stuff like this. And she's met him and, and everything. she said everything they're saying about him is true. That basically when he met her and the first thing he first thing he said did it was grab her tits. And she's like, I'm in marketing. I don't I'm not a porn actor. Or anything like that. And he does that all the time and grabs women. And if and if they're wearing a skirt, he'll try to put his finger up there. Stuff like I don't care thing. if you are a porn actress. That's not the way you treat somebody. No, I don't care what your job is. Yeah, you don't mm-hmm. do that. And, you know, he's on record saying that uh, when he hears the word no. And this is before this is like in the 80s and 90s. He says if he hears the word no, that means they wanted more. I hate to tell Ron. God, you know, I mean, that's women are just far too passive when, around these kind of guys. Just fucking cold cock them. I think, and I think we're living in a new age because now, because of fans only and stuff like this, they're able to make more money that way, and they got more control over the way the way of their content and what they can do. I think in the old right. days, you know, it's kind of like you fucking do this or you're. You're screwed. Pretty much, yeah. I think, you know, that's one good thing I can sit there and say with the modern age is that, you know, if you are a sex worker or you are, if you're into adult entertainment, that you have more control of your image and what you're selling and that money is going to just you and not to other, a bunch of other people and you're not. Right. You know, and you, and you pick who you want to do your scenes with and it's all, you know, it's all a bit more above board. You decide what you want to do, how you're going to do it, what will happen here. And you can choreograph all that now. It's not so much just like, you know, I mean, I, I imagine there's still, I, I imagine, you know, the porn doesn't have the money that it had once in that kind of, yeah. in the, the studio franchise that it was. You know, so so I guess it's a good thing nowadays for fans. Did he kill? This is the part I was confused. Did he kill Dwayne's girlfriend? Was she just? I I couldn't figure that out. I think she's dead. Yeah, she's bloody. There's blood everywhere. Bloody, but I I think her lower extremities got decimated. I'm assuming. I mean, Belial does steal her panties, so there's a bit of a. I thought he stole the older black hooker's panties. Didn't he steal her panties? He went to Casey's bedroom and stole her panties. (laughs) That's just gnarly. (laughs) 
good men. I'm yeah, sorry. Not, I, I get some of these films. I get mixed up because I kind of watched all three of them all the time. Right. Um, I remember there's one point. Is there? Is this the one where he has the picture? He's got the panties over his head or something. No. No. no, 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 no. But he does. <laughs> but he does steal a pair of underwear. Yeah, he does steal. I remember him stealing the underwear. But I must be. The, I think the second one he still. There's one point where he just has them over his head or over his face, sort of thing. So I think they had a, you know. I mean, he I would mean, just I, have a fit if he knew his brother was. He could psychically tell if his brother was getting sexually aroused, and he would just start that screaming. That screaming's what killed me every time. This is that noise. I mean, someone should. It was just so funny. I mean. It was tragic, but you know what this this film just kind of makes me think about people. There's just the people, the outcasts in society, because that's what they were. They were outcasts, you know. And it's that there's a message there, even though it's funny and a little brutal here and there. There's definitely a message. It's it's kind of sick here and there, but I mean, it's really. I didn't think it was as. I mean, it could have been a little more bloody. <laughs> Always could have more blood. I mean, maybe this is a cautionary tale because at this time, freak shows are being um, <laughs> being um, outlawed, weren't they? <laughs> like, was it in the 80s when the freak shows were being outlawed? It started then, didn't it? it I do it. remember at our county fairs back home that they bring in freaks at, this is like the latter 70s, early 80s. And I don't really yeah. remember like the Cobra woman. I remember her and just things like that. I mean, you don't see them anymore. So it had to have been like mid 80s. They terminated that freak show stuff. Whoa. It really is inhumane. It is. It's kind I, of. I mean, cool. I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing because there's a documentary about Lobster Boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he made sure he had children and he wanted, he only wanted children because he wanted to be known as the lobster family. And um, apparently he was very abusive. He was very abusive. Oh, yeah. He couldn't have been happy like that. Well, no, but what I'm saying is he wanted to have it. He wanted all his children to have lobster claws. The yeah, the conjoined hands sort of thing. They're not the conjoined hands. I forgot what it's called. I forgot what. Yeah, yeah, but called. they're not webbed. The but the they're fingers, the fingers are webbed together, and that's that's what caused the lobster thing. Yeah, um, like that. Yeah. But um, but he wanted his children to have that, and uh, and he made sure that you know he made sure that his wife had the same kind of problem with her. That's why he married her. And so, because he wanted, because he wanted to go on the road as the lobster family, and of course, it became outlawed, and they became unemployed. And the more, the longer they were unemployed, the more he would beat on his family, and they all called. And eventually, they they, had, they murdered their dad because they got to such an extreme. So yeah. the question basically is: is that I kind of wonder when it came to freak shows, quote unquote, that what was it a bunch of white middle class? people who said this is wrong and did anyone ask them if this is wrong or not that's the question right <laughs> because you know it's a bit like you know the only reason why the only reason i'm saying that is because like in this country they tried to outlaw nativity place because they said it upset muslim people but then they found you know so they outlawed them and, and then the thing is when you ask muslim people about that they're like we're not upset by this at all we thought it was great because our children were always cast in the main parts of Joseph and stuff. Right. And they were, they loved, they didn't find a problem with it, but some white conservative, you know, white left wing person goes, oh, this is offensive to these people, but no one asked or ever asked these people what they thought. So um, sometimes I'm kind of wondering, like the freak shows, are were they outlawed because the people working in them were unhappy? If that's the case, fair enough. Or is it because there's somebody somewhere along the way that, oh, 
I feel uncomfortable with this, so therefore they feel uncomfortable with this, so therefore we need to outlaw this because it's unfair. That's the question. Right? That's yeah. like one of my favorite movies is that 1938, 1932 Freaks. I just love that movie. Oh, it's a great film. It's such a great film. Are the freaks the freaks or are the freaks the normal people? To me, the freaks are the normal people. Aren't I agree. Right? Yeah. You know, well, they, they, they seem a whole lot more kind hearted and warm hearted than a lot of people I know sometimes. That's for well, sure. Well, you're a family, and let's, let's be honest if something happens, you, you, know, you know, I'm kind of speaking out of turn here because I'll never know what this is like. But right. at the same time, if you're born and you, you have these birth defects, whatever, like this, and this has turned you into this thing, this this person, sorry, this person, and you're and you're with a bunch of people who are like that yourselves, then you're no longer a freak. You're now part of a family, and you join together, and you're looking out for each other. Question is, is what about if you don't have that, and you don't have that? Yeah. Around you, and then you're out on your own. Then, and then you have to face. That's got to be hard. Well, look at how cruel kids are with disabled other kids. I remember seeing horrible kids. Kids were awful when I was a kid. Yeah, you know. Well, my friend, my friend, my friend Marilyn, who's 72 now, and she's a she's a little person. And when we go to lunch together, I mean, I mean, it doesn't make any difference to her because she doesn't notice it. But God, the stares. Yeah. In a restaurant, people are just staring at her all the time, and and they do that thing where they're staring, but not looking like staring. They do that, you know, that double take. Well, that's like I've never seen a midget before when I was a little kid. Every single day, and I think to myself, like God, you know, it's it's like water off a a duck's back to her. It's not a big. I remember when I was five, I saw a midget go into the old Sears and Roebuck building in Watertown, and my mother told me not to stare. I was just a little girl. I've never seen a little person before, you know. I was tripping balls. (laughs) I was like, oh my god. (laughs) The thing is, though, we do. I mean, I, I think it's. You know, when I was talking to Marilyn once, she and I go, you know, we did have a conversation. She goes, "Oh, I don't notice it anymore." She goes, "It's been my whole life," and she, she goes, "But she goes, but people shouldn't feel bad." And I said, "Why not?" She goes, "Because if I see someone that basically is missing a limb, I, I take, I, I double take myself. <laughs> it's like you need to double take, yeah. Because when you see things that are not the norm, it's like a car crash. I mean, the thing is, you don't want to look, but you can't stop from looking sometimes, yeah." And Marilyn said that people shouldn't feel guilty about that. She goes, the only thing that she finds is that she goes, she doesn't mind the devil take. It's when people stare or say something. Cool. Like, oh, aren't you so cute? Or Oh, God, that's so condescending. That is so condescending. She doesn't like the staring, the non-disease staring, but they just stop. They can't stop staring. She goes, I don't mind them double taking because I understand. She goes, I do the same thing. She goes, I don't like the constant staring or saying something that's really inappropriate, like like I'm a doll. You know, we were in middle of Mexico. Mexico was towards Guatemala going that far down because we went to the the big pyramids and stuff down Teotihuacan. But the Zapotec Indians that still live there, you know how we think of Quetzalcoatl and the big, you know, these big fierce warriors. Mm-hmm. These people are like four feet tall. Even the, their Zapotec ancestors are still little. So when you think of all these golden Aztec Mayan warriors, you're thinking these big, you know, itty bitty people <laughs> with stairs this big. I don't know why these short people built these <laughs> huge stairs that you had to climb and put your knees out, but they did. But they weren't very big. So Montezuma's revenge and all that. I mean, he was probably a very small man and they kicked the shit out of the Spanish for the most part. They fought well. 
But I mean, you just you just well, you I'm notice it more when you're taller. I'm five foot two, five foot three, and I notice it when somebody's shorter than me. <laughs> so, people, but I don't stare. I just go, damn. Remember, <laughs> if, you, if you look at clothing from the 16th to 1700s, those people are a lot smaller than we are. Yeah, the doorways. <laughs> think about our older homes back home. You did notice, like our doorways here. We got a small t- house in Texas, but the doors are way up here. It, you know, in my mom's house, you know, I could easily slap anything with both hands going up, you know, so this is even built in Victorian times, but yeah, there's the definitely different. The house that we grew up in was built in 1790. Well, you're on your way out to Sackett's Harbor. You got the War of 1812 going on up there. Yeah, but I mean, they have the wooden pegs, but the thing is, is like, you know, the, the cellar and the, and the, the attic, I mean, it's, it's kind of where the room but the door well the doorways are very very, very small and they're they're quite small i mean the thing is i could i mean i'm five foot seven and i could walk through it if i was five foot nine or five foot ten i would have to duck a little duck bit. And, you, and you're also thinking that you know those times that these places were built i mean the women were wearing these great big skirts and Oops, stuff like yeah. this and all these you know clothing as well to be able to get the doors are wider but they're shorter mm-hmm. so and you think okay this is interesting but, I mean, who knows? I mean, they, maybe they could stand up straight. But that's another thing, I guess, as well, that we kind of wonder about. Where do you think the director was going with this? What do you think he was looking for as far as response? I don't know. I mean, the thing is, is I don't you know. You think he, he just wanted to make a fun movie? Yeah, he loved exploitation. And he said yeah. he, he said he grew up watching Grindhouse right there on 42nd Street. And uh, he wanted to make a film in that spirit. Well, he did. Yeah. I, I, the funny, the funny thing is, though. I mean, you made this film for thirty-five thousand. I mean, yeah, in itself. But I don't think I think he could have pushed the envelope a little bit more. I don't know. Maybe I'm desensitized or but something. Like I that. think we're desensitized. I do because the thing is, is like I do find it shocking and stuff like this, but. I mean, the nudity is not anything beyond what we've seen before. The yeah, violence, just tits and ass, basically. No the violence run. is fine. I mean, I know that he's running, a, you know, you have to kind of run around with this thing kind of stuck to your face and you're running around like this and you're holding it yourself sort of thing. But I think he could have pushed the envelope a little bit further, farther. But he could have. He could have. I could have. I could have asked for more, definitely. Well, I could have. I would have loved to see just a little bit somewhere up to it. For an exploitation film, because normally exploitation right. that they either push the sex or they push the violence. Like Reanimator. I mean, you know, that was kind of pushing it. Poor yeah. Barbara Crampton sitting there laying on that table and that head just <laughs> moving. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Even like ladies in cages and you know, and you know, and um coffee and Foxy Brown and you know Yes, Foxy Brown. Violent. It's always like it's ramped up, isn't it? There's a ramp upness to it before or higher than that. So but you know, but then again, I mean it, it did prevent it from getting on a video nasties list. I mean, this film's never been on video nasties list at all. Huh. I don't know how. You got a little globular thing raping a passed out woman and there's blood all over where her vagina right. used to be. I think he literally ate her. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I was thinking too, maybe. Maybe literally. But this also has that John Waters feel about it, like a John Waters film thing, you know, like the acting, you know, yeah. like like the, the the sex worker, the prostitute in this case. I What's mean, I'm saying like, he had great. They were like, I love Lucy. Acting style was a lot like Mink Stoles or something. 
like, mm. or Edith Macy. I like eggs. We're <laughs> <Yeah>. divine. <laughs> I mean, that's I'm, one one day we're gonna go to John. We gotta do the whole John and Waters catalog. So at one, at oh, point. I'm a huge, huge fan. I am too. We got to do it. I keep I keep writing him, and maybe one day he might do it. If he does an interview, then fine. We're, we're everything's being thrown out of the water. And we're going that way, sort of thing. Nice. Yeah. Oh, uh, definitely. But I know a friend who knows Mink Stoll, so I'm sure we can get her interviewed. But um, oh, sweet. But, but um, but yeah, this I, I and everyone else pretty much died from drug overdoses, unfortunately. So um, but this film, I mean, I, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I, I like this film a lot. I mean, it's one of those. I films think it's fun. I mean, it's not believable. You know, it's not really happening. That's why people. I get. I, I just don't understand why people freak the fuck out. It's obviously a movie. If it's not for you, don't watch it. Like, you know, people said they couldn't handle Necromantic. Cool. I respect that. They don't want to watch it. I, you know, obviously they had a trigger warning. <laughs> I, think, I think everyone needs to see Basket Case. I'm sorry. It's just, it's in the annals and this thing is. It's, it's just good, like, clean fun. Basket cases. Some of those shots are so iconic. Like with the nurse with all the scalpels in her face. Yes. Like, I just like, watching it, it was just like. I know. I think I used to have posters and pictures of that stuff, like on my walls when I was a little kid. I could believe that. <laughs> I, look at, I think because when I when I view a basket case, I look at it as like a comic book film. Like, right. well, Fangoria. It's in like every Fangoria's got a little basket case comic in it. Yeah, it's and that's what it kind of reminds me of. Because even the violence, there's like a like there's a cartoon violence to it. You know yeah, what I mean? that's what I'm saying. It's it, it's really not. Well, I guess there's there's killing, but you know, I mean, but you know, they're not really dying, and it's not one of those movies like let's say Serbian film or a H- that is disturbing. This was not right. disturbing. Also silly, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's silly, and it's you know, I mean, the the twin, you know, this it, but I just think it's funny every time his brother's trying to get laid. That screaming, it just sticks in my head. I need a I need a phone ringer with that screaming. I need to find one. <laughs> the basket case phone ringer that goes on to my Christmas tree every year. It's a little basket case Christmas tree ornament. Like, yeah. I didn't know you had that. Yeah, yeah, you are so weird. That's awesome. I have that. I have an Evil Dead Christmas tree ornament. I got other stuff. It's a, it hangs it hangs up next to like the Prince before you know the Prince still Christmas and the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer ones. I got Nightmare Before Christmas and got basket case and evil dead and you know you got to mix next to the little mermaid you know you got to mix and mix your stuff here i know i need to get some horror stuff and, and get, get asher a little more what's the word ebay ebay is the best kind of buy best place to buy that stuff yeah really it, it was a great film i think that both films are like totally i, I they both kind of wanted to go in the right the same direction but they one was just a little little more <laughs> a little more more <laughs> Now, how did you watch this film? Did you watch it through download or did you watch it on DVD? Or I got the deep. Oh, the basket case. I got it on um not, not download. I watched it on um the two. Tubi's got Grindhouse films. I think that's where I got it. It's on, I watched it on Amazon Prime. I got it on Amazon Prime too. They got because, the other ones on Amazon Prime as well. No, they don't. They don't. I thought they did. No, if you it it says this film is not in your area. Oh, I wonder what they mean by that, actually, when they say that. Uh, it means that there's been a problem with the sensor somewhere along the way in that area. So 
Um, so with Basket Case, what was the film quality like? Was it really dark or was the picture quite light? It was, I thought it was very good picture quality, what I had. Mine looked fine. Okay, because the reason why I asked that is because when it first came out on um, VHS, that um, Henlotter had no control over the post-production. It was a really dark film. So I remember the first thing that I got the Blu-ray. So he's actually, so you, so I think what they must be streaming now is the Blu-ray version, which is because. Now they're offering like with this one they, yeah they see that yeah you're right there isn't but they got the stuff with it and uh body bags which i really need to watch again mm-hmm. but uh monkey shines yeah nope no no but it's on youtube though so it is fine it's findable it's a dollar on youtube yeah i i was almost splurged then didn't i was like i remember really it. liking the second one i watched it you know so i haven't long. watched it i was waiting to see if either one of you I really liked it when I, when I remember of it. <laughs> the third one, I, I liked a lot. The third one's got a bit more of a 80s black comedy darkness to it. Right. Know, but, but, um, but the ending of it, I'm, you know, if you haven't seen it, I won't give it away. But the ending, ending of it has probably got the most ultimate shock ending ever. Sort of it thing. can't be worse than The Mist. I don't care. That was the most fucked up shock ending ever for me the movies we were discussing that in a facebook forum i posted something about it and that was like one of the most fucked up endings as far as i was concerned for a movie you're going through all the 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 mutants and the big bugs and you think everything's gonna be okay and just fuck now i like the ending of the movie. i'm glad it ended that way i've seen the i've seen the alternative ending and yeah, it, I think I liked it because uh, it's the ending. The reason why I like the movie so much because it, it when it, when it was finished, it left me kind of dead inside, which I liked. It made me. Would you like so- being dead inside? <laughs> well, no. I mean, uh, the the original because the, the happy ending missed. I watched that after the happy ending. I didn't know there was an alternative available. Yeah, and that, and, but I liked I liked the down ending because when it comes to down endings in horror films, I. I have to sit there and say that they tend to haunt me long afterwards. Like, Wolf yes, Creek, I agree with that. I totally that. agree. I was, I was, I was left lit, thinking about that film for like weeks afterwards. The Mist, I was left thinking about that for weeks afterwards. It left, it, it stayed inside me. That's but like Titani. That, that one stayed with me still. I still think about that movie. That one stayed with me. Which one? Titan? Titani? I can't, no. I don't know how they. I think it's just titan. Yeah, and so I always find that the darker the ending. I mean, basket case. I love the ending that he's that he throws himself off and he's dead. I like that ending. It's like, yeah, I like sad endings. I like negative nihilistic endings, like zombie films. Like you know, you think everyone's gonna like the end of like Dawn of the Dead stuff like that, or Night of the Living Dead is like the classic one, right? After all that shit, he gets shot by the cop. You know? Yeah. And then oh, I know, I know. You get the footage of him being, you know, that they're cleaning up the corpses. Just another corpse yeah. on the fire, isn't he? So, and I it like an interesting. It was an interesting. I mean, basket case is fun. I mean, that's just fun horror. It just is mm-hmm. sort of like you know, Evil Dead and stuff like that. It's just fun. And I love endings where you don't know if it's good or bad. You're like, like even like let yeah. the right one in. You're like, well, he's going off with a little vampire girl. It's not really the. I liked the how that movie ended. I, like I really enjoyed. I like, liked how it ended because like he needed is a to happy leave. ending. You're like, she just joined a cult of of baby murderers. <laughs> is that it's a lot like better good? than where he was living. At least she cared about him. You know, there right? was a happy ending for him, possibly because it didn't look like they were going to kill him. 
But it's not like the vampire's dead, the hero won, you know? Yeah, yeah. I love it. Belial in Hebrew means wicked or worthless. Yeah, well, there you go. That explains what the isn't it? So it is about misplacement, though. I mean, it. I think it represents society. I mean, there's people out there that nobody wants anything to do with. You know what a sad existence that must be. You know, for certain. I mean, it's just sad. There's some sad things that go. I just the world is an awful place a lot of the time, and and I don't blame be you know Belial feel the way he does. I don't blame I mean, him. Think about well, think about it. He someone wants to be Dwayne. a man too. And who wants to be less popular than someone named Dwayne? Yeah. <laughs> this isn't right. Dwayne got a met. Dwayne. Dwayne. His brother was, I thought Belial was a whole lot more exciting than Numbnuts. So, you know, I mean, let's he face it, his brother Dwayne was boring. Belial liked to party. <laughs> yeah. He's get down. And know? he's down with oral sex. <laughs> you how to get past first base Dwayne, Dwayne couldn't even make the first you know the first touch he yeah he wasn't making the cut nope 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 take me Dwayne what she's going take me Dwayne take me yeah I know Dwayne oh, poor Dwayne and this, even the sound People of the name kill Dwayne. me poor Dwayne Let's score this on a scale of five. And Matthew, what do you score this? Oh, geez, I don't know. For nostalgia's sake, I'll just give it all the stars. Yeah, me too. Just because it is nostalgic. I mean, we were raised on this. Classic. You know, I mean, how many kids our age, well, I guess they're unique now, want to go see shit like this? With all well, the CGI and everything they got with the video games and the televisions and the smart TVs, we actually had to go or go to Blockbuster or the movies. So, yeah, it's funny that you say that, but I've showed my godchildren this, and this is one, this is one of the movies I do show my godchildren. Like it's like when they when they get when they get when they hit thirteen, this is a rite of passage for me, and I show them Basket Case, and they love it. Yeah. And I think the last time I showed this to one of my, the last, I got 25 godchildren, and the youngest one is now 18. So I did show this five years ago to her, sort of thing, around five years ago, and she loved it. I mean, I, they all, you know, everyone I show this to, it's it's a classic. You know, I don't think I don't think you can ever remake it. I don't think you can ever redo it, but it is what it is. And I love the trilogy. I have it on Blu-ray. I watched them. Well, this is here really quickly. This is where kids are. This is my nine-year-old grandson. Now he wants to play Roblox. He's in his father's car getting a ride over to his Nana's house, right? My daughter won't activate Roblox. She seems to think he needs to talk to his father, you know? And and so he's right in her back. He goes, what am I supposed to do in this car to socialize? What is there to talk about? (laughs) These are like, I was dying. It's like, let that little turd make a conversation. Because that's where kids are. Can you imagine having a phone when we were young kids and we, no. we had to go a dime, a nickel, a quarter to go make a phone call or mom, please accept the charges. I need a ride. Hang up, you know, stuff like that. Remember talking to like 
phone call, collect call, please, mom, accept the charges, pick me up, or don't, you know, please come get me. And a but long you, distance call would be like hundreds of dollars. It was yes. Crazy. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Remember long distance calls? Oh my God. That was just like, that was just up until 10, 12 it's years ago. Rip off, dude. It's just, it doesn't cost them anything. More. No, it doesn't. You know, I didn't even Total think of that off. till just now. We've been getting totally ripped off for years. Well, think about the simple fact is that you never had a conversation, a private conversation on the phone because your whole family was all around you the whole time because they that had the too. phone. Party lines. Remember party lines? Yeah. Oh, I my just God. Basically, if you had a conversation with your friend, your mom, dad, brothers, and sisters were all there in the room with you. Or if you're Absolutely. lucky, you might be able to go to the kitchen, but they're so earwigging you. Get off the phone. Oh, so you're going to do what? <laughs> you're going to do what on Friday? Did you ask? <laughs> we been, we developed code. Uh, well, your parents still knew what the hell you were freaking up to, though. Especially when they got to me after my two brothers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All downhill after that. And that, you know, and the thing is, I have great parents. God love them. They're still alive. They didn't know what you were up to. They knew about it by the time you got home from doing it. I think you walked through the door and they knew what you were up to. That's great. Not unless you snuck in at three o'clock in the morning. I used to walk up sideways on the stairs because they would creak because it was an old house. (laughs) I would have to hang on and do a Spider Man all the way up the stairs. (laughs) Oh, I climbed up the tree and jumped over to the porch and went through my open window that way. And that's how you sneak out. And they didn't know. That tree is not there anymore. I'll have you know. The tree from my old house. I don't think it's there anymore. Last time mm. when I drove by. I'll tell you what, it was quite tricky when you had to like start swinging off a fucking branch to jump to your winds, winds, <laughs> when you the window. So when you're. It's pretty hairy, <laughs> doesn't it? Your face. I'm surprised I didn't kill myself sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the joy. Oh, yeah, but yeah. I mean, Master Case, I think it's one of those films that I think everyone, if you're a love of horror, I think it's, I mean, it needs to be in the, you know. It's fun. It's just fun. Those films that you watch. I mean, it's, I, it's just, yeah. I don't even think it was that exploitive, except for maybe the Sharon Basket Belial scene, you know. I think it's perfectly safe to show the children at the age of 13 and up more. I'm not, and to be honest, I've showed it to people who are like 10 or 9 or 10, but they were like a bit more worldly i was told i could bring asher to see jackass but not at the theater it'd have to be Mm -hmm. i go can i take asher to go see jackass on board (laughs) he's watched all the other ones if he's seen all the other ones he's already seen their. i mean the poop (laughs) volcano i mean what you know that was about no way the one that gets me is the sweatsuit they drink the sweat they're drinking the sweat that's disgusting, yeah. Yeah, that 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 one just I mean it just bunches me up. There's a lot of like horse semen in this, they're drinking it. The horse semen, I don't know if I could explain that to him. I thought they were done with the horse semen for the love of Christ, God. Is it I, I can't remember what type. I think it's not horse semen in this. It's some other animal. There's a lot of semen. I hurled when I watched there. that. I watched that. It, I mean I I did. That was like <laughs> yeah. you, gotta, you, know, you gotta top yourself with each thing, don't you? Because that's what it yeah. is. You know, you got to push. The, you got to keep pushing the envelope. Yeah. Why you know things are. That's the reason why you know things are the way they are. Because you have to keep pushing forward and forward and keep pushing the envelope. Yeah. You know, but unfortunately, when you start pushing the envelope, and then what happens is what comes before you're pretty desensitized. That's why things like basket cases. I'm sure you can probably show it to a younger audience. So they've seen more than this already. 
Do you know what well, I mean? Look at the movie we watched before we did Basket Case, the one we discussed. I mean, that one was far out of the ballpark kind of thing. That's kind of up there, Serbian film, Atroz. I don't even think the Golden Glove was as bad. Well, except for the spatula thing. That was pretty bad. I don't know why he's, he's trying to get in there with that spatula. <laughs> movies, there's just something wrong with people like us. That's why I like people like us because I we can. There's got to be something mentally wrong with us. We're liking this. Well, stuff. I mean, if you look at films like House and Haunted Hill or The Haunting and stuff like this, they came with a strong PG rating with it in the day. But then by the time we saw them, it wasn't that big for us because we've seen a lot more because of Vietnam War and crap on news. Right. Well, I didn't see much of that. Walter Cronkite came out for a half hour, and that was it. Now yeah, it's twenty four seven nonstop every channel. I remember news footage from the Vietnam War. I, mean, I remember like, seeing news footage. Right? My parents would ask me to leave the room, kind of thing. I remember, I remember the little girl running, and uh, and she basically had all her clothes burning from her. And I remember that mm-hmm. scene. That was on the news. So the monks burning themselves in protest. When he executes that guy in the street, the live footage that was happening, if I remember right. The Killing Fields was a badass movie. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Okay. Yeah, I remember. I mean, to be honest, one of the most shocking things I've ever seen was on Kojak. Um, my mom let me stay up and watch it. And basically, it's, they did kind of an Ed Kemper storyline where basically this guy goes in and cuts up all these female nurses and stuff. And they kind of showed the body parts and when they're going in and thingy and stuff like that. They this. did? Yeah, and the Kojak. They, they, they suggested that it was happening. And you could hear the screaming behind and behind the black. And then... Right. They, had all, like, all these dead nurses running around. And I remember that actually affected me for years on end. And that was a network show. And they, they had advisory, advisory, you know, that my mom let me watch that kind of stuff, though. You know, Honestly, but, you know, I can watch people get killed till the cows come home. It's just like, don't kill the dogs. Don't kill <laughs> the cat. Don't kill the animals. You can kill all the people you want. Chuck Polinick, you know, Fight Club author. Because Chuck of Polinick that. said to me, why do you put a dog in a story? To kill it. Yeah, some people just you know. Well, sometimes though, it kind of, that kind of, that that kind of thought processes don't kill animals kind of ruins it. Maybe like War of the Roses, which yeah. is a black comedy. Well, she didn't a- kill the dog though. No, they added that sequence into it because the audiences were upset, so they had the brother. Yeah, she made a pate out of the dog. Apparently, that would have been a lot funnier. But then you see that kind of picture, it's like okay, well, the pate thing doesn't make any sense anymore. Right. You know, where if they didn't, all they did, all they did is put a quick, quick, uh, quick little one second thing of the dog in the backyard. That's all it took. Yeah. But I quite like that. Benny. (laughs) That that escalated what's going on in the story. Yeah, I love that movie. Oh, my God, man. How funny that was. Well, that brings us into the Literary License Podcast. Our next 80s will be part of our Horror is Art Month. We'll be covering The Hunger by Tony Scott and the film Liquid Sky, which is a 1982 Catherine Deneuve, The Hunger, right? Catherine Deneuve, David Bowie. I love that movie. Oh, my God. One of the greatest films ever. Yeah. 
And now next week we'll be covering continuing on our dark uh, dark shadows episodes. And of course next um, next month will be our book to screen will be interview with the vampire by Anne Rice and the film starring Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. And our make remake will be the classic case The Fly from 1958 and the 1988 film The Fly by David Cronenberg. So it's good night for myself and good night Matthew. Good night. Good night Matthew. Good night Vic. Good night, everybody. Be safe. And we'll see you next week for Dark Shadows. And our next babies will be The Hunger. Thinking of you, work.